Good evening, fellow necromaniacs. I'm glad so many of you could come. The beginning is a very delicate time. Now approaching uh, Lunar Sunrise, and uh, for all the people back on the crew of Apollo 8 has a message that we would like to send to you. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters, and God said, let there be light. And God divided the light from the darkness. Very small and foul is fair. Hover through the fog and fill the air. Very small and foul is fair. Hover through the fog and fill the air. Very small and foul is fair. Hover through the fog and fill the air. And God saw the light. Then it was good. Four score and seven years ago, so began the message of war-weary President Abraham Lincoln. Fires of frustration and discord are burning in every city. Changing channel is not only foolhardy, but also extremely dangerous. So I don't believe you ought to try it. Don't you read history? Welcome to Geek Fights, the Posse scheme of podcasting. I'm Damon Shaw. This week's battle is Best Historical Figure... It's going to be a doozy. With me, as always, is Mr. Mike Ortiz. Mike, who's joining us tonight? Well, tonight we've got Anthony Valenta. Good morrow. Greg Blanchard. Hello. And Alan. Oh, that's right. I love single, mo- <laughs> I love single moms with severe drinking problems. Uh, yes, and they love you, too. Uh, well, you all know how we do this. We have 32 historical figures, all of them... Chosen by our panelists, well, most of them, because uh, a couple of them were chosen by people who aren't on the show. Uh, We set them up in tournament brackets, which you can download from our website at geekfights.net. We pit one against the other and put it to a vote. Winner moves on to the next round, where it all begins again, until someone is crowned the best historical figure. As always, you get to decide the criteria that you use to determine the winner of each match. Uh, Who's had the most influence in the world? Who's had the biggest influence on your life uh who's had the most interesting life who's hottest uh the ever popular who would win in a fight uh whatever rationale you want as long as it works for you we call that geek logic it's the heart of every geek fight well let's start the fights uh anthony uh you gave us this topic you get to start it off uh this fight is yours it is gary gygax the creator of dnd versus hammurabi the creator of law. <laughs> Starting this, it, it starts off unfair. You have Hammurabi, who creator of law, who set down the first code of laws, and you have Gary Gygax, who set down the code of laws for geeks, really. So they kind of did the same thing, just thousands of years apart. Dungeons and Dragons, I'm a huge fan of. <clears throat> Play all the time. But... I have to give the critical hit to Hammurabi because without Hammurabi, there'd be no code of laws that Gary Gygax could have used to make his game. Uh, vote for Hammurabi. Mike? You know, uh, uh, well, I agree, Hammurabi. I mean, I guess he's the original Judge Dredd because he is the law. But I'm going to give it to Gary Gygax because I still have my Dungeon Master screen. 
uh, vote for Gary Gygax. Greg, new to the show, what's your vote? Yeah, new to the show and my credibility is not gonna come from Dungeons and Dragons. Um, I'm gonna go with Hammurabi because he's the oldest guy on this list. That would be a little bit of a spoiler, except for the fact that he's 1800 years BCE. So Hammurabi. A vote for Hammurabi. Um, hmm. Physical fight. They're both dead. Hmm. I think Gary Gygax's corpse will beat the dust that is probably now Hammurabi. So I'm going to go with Gary Gygax. It is all tied up. It comes down to you, Alan. Which one takes the win? Hmm. Okay. Uh, Hammurabi doing the law. Now, because of the law, I've been put in jail a number of times, mostly for not paying my traffic tickets. So I'm not really into that. But I am, I am into Dungeons & Dragons, but not the board game. The Dungeons & Dragons I played was actually on the Activision uh, Activision console game way back when. I don't even know what the fuck year that was, but it was really shitty. I think it was actually, if it's possible, it was actually less than 8-bit. <laughs> smaller than 8-bit game. So... Gary Gygax is going on, ladies and gentlemen. And Gary Gygax gets the win, and we are on to our next fight. Mike, Fail. this one is yours. <laughs> it is Joan of Arc versus Leonidas. Hmm. This is Sparta! Leonidas. You asshole. A vote for <laughs> Leonidas. Uh, Craig? You know, one of the hardest things uh, about this particular bracket was coming up with credible female figures. And I don't know whether that just says a lot about me or whether it was genuinely hard to do. Um, both of these uh, figures stood up to incredible odds and, and made a, a lasting impression both in victory and an ultimate uh, defeat. I like the fact that Joan of Arc did it all before she was 19 years old. Joan of Arc. A vote for Joan of Arc. Uh, who would I rather fuck? Uh, Leonardo, who is uh, a very spelt man, or Joan of Arc, uh, an underage crazy girl. Did Did you see his abs in Three Hundred? Yes, but it's an underage crazy. They were girl. fake. Those were fake abs. Those are digitally added later on. Those weren't real. It doesn't matter. I'm still voting for the underage crazy girl, and my vote goes to Joan of Arc. Uh, Alan. No wait. Did she die when she was nineteen or fourteen? Nineteen. Okay. Cool. Okay, uh, yeah, yeah. I'd rather be haunching Joan of Arc when she was nineteen, when she was above the legal age of consent. Um, and yeah, I mean, uh, Leonidas is cheating. He has digital apps. A vote for Joan of Arc and Anthony. Well, I believe uh, Joan of Arc's already won this, but I'm going to give a vote to Leonidas because Leonidas in the Battle of Thermopylae. It really is the historical precedent for standing up against greater odds to uh, challenge something, even though you're probably going to lose anyway, but to fight just because you should fight. A vote for Leonidas and uh, the age of consent in Joan of Arc's time was like 12. So you had nothing to worry about there. On to our next <laughs> fight, Greg, this one is yours. It is Alan Acorn, uh, one of the inventors of Pong uh, versus Henry Ford. You know, I don't think I'll ever forget the day that I got home from school. And it might have been the same the same day or week. We got cable with that box with all the buttons you can click on. A really old school 70s cable. 
and we got Pong. And there'd been nothing like it before. So I really want to give some props to Ellen Elkhorn for that. But I got to go with Henry Ford because I feel like I'm part of the 99%. And among the things he did was he said that it was really important that his people make a wage that was such that they could afford to buy his cars. And we'd be a much better world right now if we had a few more Henry Fords out there. Henry Ford. Oh, vote for Henry Ford. Um, Henry Ford built the city that I live in right now, but the city is a husk of what it used to be. Uh, I still play video games. And video games are awesome. Uh, and without Pong, I don't know that we're playing video games as a society the way we do now. So I'm going to be voting for for Alan Alcorn. Sorry, uh, Alan. Man, I saw a a documentary on Al. I think it was it, it, there was a documentary on like a History Channel of Alan Alcorn. Is that is that correct? I, I want to say that I think I saw the thing where he talked about it. he invented it. You took the actual plastic the actual plastic mylar and put it over your TV screen for the different games and stuff. Um, man, that is so cool. But on the, on the topic of the 99%, hmm, on the topic of the 99%, I would have to, I have to go with Henry Ford. And the reason why is when the government was handing out all their stimulus and bailout money, Ford didn't take any. Uh, so, Rather than being like the crybaby 99%, they were uh, Ford stood on their own two feet. So I got to I got to give a thumbs up to America and go for that. Henry um, Ford. Vote for Henry Ford. Anthony. Um Well, I'm a I'm a gamer, so you got to kind of admire Pong and its history, but I don't really like Pong. You know, I remember having an old Atari. Still didn't like Pong. And Henry Ford, you know, besides everyone's mentioned with the 99 percenter, he kind of pushed for the modern assembly line. So things like the Atari could be made en masse for people. It's Ford pushed for all that. So I'm going to go with Ford. Another vote for Henry Ford and Mike. You know, let me let me tell you a little something about Henry Ford. Um, I hate driving. It's, it's one of the most unpleasant experiences that I engage in <laughs> on a daily basis. You got to come to California where it's, there's no snow. You'll like it a lot better. Yeah. And, and, and also where it takes you three hours to go four miles in rush hour. Um, and you know, we should have flying cars and jetpacks, transporters and hoverboards. And the reason we do not is because this technology has been held back because of people like Henry Ford and the Ford Motor Company and all of the automotive companies who have held back progress and the advancement of technology to fuel their own 1% pockets at the expense of the 99% who want a fucking jackpack. And, uh, and I, I had a Pong game before I ever had a car, so... I was going to buy a Jack Pack at the liquor store. Did you, did you mean? Did you mean to say Jet Pack? <laughs> you, see, you just said Jack Pack, Mike. <laughs> Hoverboards, Jet Packs. Who fucking cares? A vote for Alan Acorn. And uh, Pong is not the just the first game that people played at home. It's actually the first arcade game. It's the first game that you would go to like the drugstore or wherever and play it. Uh, people forget that fact about Pong. 
Uh, but Henry Ford is moving on, and we're on to our next fight. It is Jesus of Nazareth versus Charles Darwin. Yeah, that's right. Jesus is making his first appearance on the show, and uh, the next fight will have Adolf Hitler. Way, way to go, geek fights. Um, Jesus' impact is immense. Uh, Charles Darwin is more uh, more recent, but just as huge, and I don't know that Darwinism might overtake the impact of Jesus in another 2,000 years. We don't know that. Uh, but right now, the impact that Jesus has had, real or not, I know there are people who don't believe in him, and, and, and it's, it's, I'm talking about the dude. I'm not talking about the, the, the God. I'm talking about the dude. His impact is much bigger than Charles Darwin right now, so I'm going to go with Jesus. Uh, Alan? Oh, man, this is so tough. Um, I'm trying to decide what I'm going to, what I'm, how I'm going to decide here for my friend, Anthony. Anthony, you bastard. Now, if I, if I went with Darwin, he would think it would be totally cool. But Jesus is kind of a made up thing. Hmm. I'm going to vote Jesus just to be a prick. Another vote for Jesus. Anthony. Okay. Um, well, they're, like you said, Damon, they both have immense impact. Darwin, Darwin more in our modern society and Jesus through history. I mean, just Christianity, crusades and evils and goods all around. Um, I think Darwin's work from now into, into the future is going to be much more impactful on how humanity turns out. And since they're both have great impact, I'm going to decide it on one factor. And that is the story of Jesus is not an original story. It's the same story happened with Horace. And I believe Odin, they followed the same lines or Darwin was an original. So I'm going to vote with Darwin. A vote for Darwin, Mike. Uh, I'm, I'm going to, uh, to, side with Jesus because uh, I'm an American and that's what we do. Um, but also because, you know, Darwin did not really have as great an impact. It's, he did not invent evolution. He merely discovered it. He observed what was going on and, and drew some conclusions. And if he hadn't, uh, someone else would have, I, I, I am definitely a believer that most of scientific progress is is so heavily built on what uh, what others have done that if if someone had not discovered uh, whatever it is they discovered, it wouldn't have been too long before someone else did. That's the nature of science. Its whole purpose is to uncover these truths. Those truths are more important than the scientist. And uh, Darwin uh, again, he he discovered evolution, but you know evolution had been happening. Uh, without him, and someone else would have figured it out. Uh, evolution is certainly more important uh, than than Darwin, but uh, with Jesus uh, as basically the founder of of a religion and a a worldview and a a philosophy, uh, and and that impact has has basically defined the modern world uh, in the last two thousand years. Uh, you know, if you want to go in terms of importance to the world, uh, if Jesus had not 
been around, uh, the world would be a radically different place. If Darwin hadn't been around, uh, evolution would have been discovered like 30 years later. So I don't really think it would have as much of an impact to us today. A vote for Jesus. Uh, Greg. Certainly takes me off the hook, doesn't it? Um, I think probably the area that I am the most geeky is is in this area of religious studies and philosophy and things of that nature, both objectively and subjectively. Um, I don't have a problem with the idea that we could view Jesus and Charles Darwin as people who aren't necessarily even antagonists to each other, that at some point in time, we could, uh, we have a religious right problem in America today that makes us think this is an either or. Um, it's no snub to Darwin for me to put a vote in for Jesus and make it four to one. A uh, vote for Jesus and Jesus takes the win. Uh, I like Ooh, to, go Jesus. I like to thank Jesus for this win. Uh, and Jesus is moving on. We are on to our next fight. Alan, this one is yours. Did you just Tebow? Yes, I, I was Tebowing when I did that. It is Adolf Hitler versus Winston Churchill. Round two. Round two. Oh, uh, man. Uh, it, let me just say here to everybody that uh, I got a call literally just a few minutes before the show was uh, going to start to be on it. So I, I have zero prep here. Um, but let me say this about Hitler. Um, Hitler and the whole Nazi movement was, or the Nazi phenomenon was a really short, a short-lived thing. And, and after the fact, it has become really romanticized as far as being, you know, cool and all that nonsense. The reason why everybody likes, not I don't mean like, but it, it, I don't know how to put this. I'm, I'm not trying to sound pro-Nazi here, but why people think that the, the Nazi thing has that kind of air of coolness is entirely because of the fashion. It's entirely a fashion thing. If 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 Hitler's if the Nazi uniforms look like the crappy Italian Mussolini uniforms, no one would be even considering this guy anything. He was an annoyance. The guy was a fucking nut, and he was annoyance, and he scammed enough people um, to follow his bullshit. It would be like a, a it, it would be like a Perot. Um, you know that just went just went wrong. The real hero of World War II, besides America, is Winston Churchill. Winston Churchill identified this fucking chump. His own government in England was fighting against him. When that all that shit fell apart, um, he was the one that had to take out the trash. Not only that, toe to toe, Winston Churchill would stomp the fuck out of Adolf Hitler. It's Winston Churchill. And all jokes aside, guys, the Hitler thing, yeah, I like the, everybody loves the uniforms. The guy's a fucking dipshit. A vote for Winston Churchill. Anthony. I agree. Hitler was a dipshit, but Hitler's impact uh, on how the world has come to its spot today is insane. I mean, Winston Churchill, you know, did step up and fighting the Nazis and Hitler pushed World War II and helped win that. But Hitler's impact, even through losing the war, is still great. I mean, when you, just to think, when you look at people who have been villains in history, you can often kind of see their points sometimes. But with Hitler, he is the face of evil. He's the face of the bad guy. It's hard to view or hear evil, hear villain without Hitler popping up. Um, 
I have to go with Hitler just because I think his impact on society has been greater than Churchill's impact on society. He is the greatest. He is the most recognizable villain of all time, I think. But um, best historical figure? A vote for Adolf Hitler. Uh, Mike. Now, I know that uh, I, I have a reputation of voting for the Nazi on this show. And uh, that is primarily uh, because, like uh, like Alan just mentioned, uh, in general, the Nazis, I think, are the the great faceless villain. Um, better than the commies ever were. Better than the terrorists are now. Uh, fictionally speaking, Nazis are are just great symbols and and great villains in that way. Um, now Damon tries to portray this as me being anti-Semitic, but he's mostly doing that to cover up his own pathological hatred of the Dutch. And I, <laughs> let me tell you something about, about Hitler and Churchill. I mean, I'm going to vote for Churchill. Uh, number one, I invoke geek precedent. Uh, I'm speaking English, not German. So that means Churchill already won. Uh, number two, Winston Churchill was featured in what I think is one of the best Geek Fights intros ever on Best of Captain America, a Brit on Best of Captain America, and it was still fucking completely appropriate. Uh, the speech that he gave uh, that, that Jared excerpted was, was an amazing, powerful speech. And I know a lot of people give Hitler uh, credit for being a brilliant orator, and maybe he is, maybe he isn't. I don't know. I don't understand what he's saying when I watch videos of him. I just see a man kind of yelling and screaming in German, and that all just sort of blends together for me. Um, but Churchill led. Hitler has a greater impact in history, but Churchill was a better leader. Churchill inspired his people. He kept his country together when they were being pummeled, when they would be devastated. He made an alliance with the Soviets and an alliance with the, the Americans, basically, you know, with his own kind of angel and devil to save his people and protect his people. And Hitler, he was basically, his, his great achievement was to convince one of the most nationalistic uh, countries in the world, uh, a country that, that often thought it was better than everybody else, to hate Jews, who are probably among the most hated people in the world. That's not that hard, people. You know, I think I could go back and, and convince them to, to kill Jews. I mean, I think the Germans were just sort of going that way anyway. Uh, sorry, Germans. Um, so, yeah, Hitler as a, as a leader, uh, one, he lost, and two, I don't think, I don't think the ability to fuel hate and anger and violence is is that difficult human beings are hateful violent creatures but to inspire hope and uh and and keep people going through the darkest hour is something that every leader should do and very few can do that the way Winston Churchill did a uh, vote for Winston Churchill Greg yeah, one of the things that I like about this uh this particular geek fight this whole bracket is that there are going to be some some negative influences on this list. In fact, some of the guys we've already voted through are influential both for good things and bad things that have kind of surrounded them. And I think we're going to see more of that as we go. And Hitler might be the very best example of somebody who is such an important historical figure because of all the negative you know qualities 
about him. I mean, Godwin's law alone, uh, the way we debate, the way we challenge people who debate badly has a lot to do with the fact that Hitler and Nazism as a movement can now be pointed to as a, as a way of identifying people who just don't have any credibility and have lost the ability to make an intelligent argument on their own. On the other hand, I really want to see Hitler drop off this list in the first round, even though I'm the one who you know, nominated him for the fights to begin with, because there's something really extraordinary in my mind about the possibility that in the next few days on YouTube, there might be a YouTube clip with Hitler reacting angrily to losing in the first round of geek fights in one of those uh, downfall memes. So down with Hitler, roll the YouTube clip. I'm voting Churchill. Uh, another vote for Winston Churchill. I'll quickly vote for Winston Churchill because this is going to be a long-winded fight. <laughs> and Winston Churchill moves on because he is quite awesome. And we are on to our next fight. Anthony, this one is yours. Confucius say, that, well, it's, it's Confucius versus Martin Luther King Jr. Wow. Uh, Confucius versus Martin Luther King Jr. Um, from what I understand with Confucius, many of the sayings attributed to Confucius can't be traced back to Confucius. That is just made up. Um, he's a great figure for wisdom, but I would have to say Martin Luther King, at least in America, has had a greater impact on society, pushing forward civil rights and standing up during a time where that was not encouraged. He, 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 uh, he fought a lot. He fought a lot of oppression. And uh, I think that puts him above Confucius in my book. Martin Luther King Jr. Uh, vote for MLK. Mike, uh, I will vote for Martin Luther King Jr. Uh, because he fought against racism. And uh, my earliest uh, exposure to Confucius was in the extremely racist uh, Confucius say, just kind of like how you led with Damon. So since one was uh, a great has become a great example of racism and one fought it, I will vote for Martin Luther King Jr. Uh, vote for Martin Luther King Jr. Greg. Uh, so it sounds like we can probably call Confucius the Wikipedia of his day, compiling information from various sources and putting it under his own banner. Um, I'm going to go with Martin Luther King Jr. because I think that a lot of the things that are wrong with religion today, especially an American version of religion, could be improved overnight if people who go to church would read what Martin Luther King said, both in his letters and from the pulpit, and uh, act accordingly. MLK. Another vote for MLK. Uh, yeah, I'll go MLK really quickly. Uh, I'm a black person talking to a bunch of white people on a show right now. And without MLK, uh, Geek Fights doesn't even exist. So I'm going to go Martin Luther King. Uh, Alan, I would have just found a white sweet. dude. Fuck no, it's not. <laughs> and here's the reason why. Martin Luther King Jr. was a Republican. And uh, and anti-racism and racism is funny, so I'm going to vote for Confucius. A vote for Confucius, but Martin Luther King Jr. is moving on, and we are on to our next fight. Mike, this one is yours. It is Galileo Galilee versus Jim Henson. You know, uh, things have gotten a little too serious lately here, um, and uh, you know. I 
I don't need any more science. I need more Muppets. Jim Henson. I'll vote for Jim Henson. Uh, Greg. Yeah, this one's a this one really is a tough one for me because it's almost it splits the sides of your brain. Yeah, Galileo uh, would love to put through. I think there's going to be other people who I like the same way I like Galileo, but you know Jim Henson, uh, not just the Muppets. I mean, he's created some of the best television ever, live action and with puppets. Jim Henson. Another vote for Jim Henson. You guys suck because you know how much I love Jim Henson. I fucking cried when he died. I cried. Um, Galileo Galilei is a very important figure. If I'm not mistaken, he created the first telescope, didn't he? Yes? I don't know. Nope. <laughs> Crickets. Wasn't that the... Uh, Probably no, not. Wasn't it vetted like in England by the uh, at that place called Torchwood? You didn't see that in that Doctor Who? That no, was no. I'm pretty sure Galileo did make the first... I'm... I'm- Pretty sure a guy in China did it first. Uh, okay, the first white guy to do it. Anyway, we acknowledge him as one of the first people who was an astronomer who wanted to know more about space. And uh, pretty much without Galileo's uh, accomplishments when it comes to that, we don't have fun shows like Doctor Who and Star Trek and other things because it's the, the, that, that need to explore what else is out there. And the fact that he did it, even though people were like, well, well, we'll fucking kill you if you do that. We'll, we'll lock you up. And and he just like, no, there, there's more out there. There's more than just this. We aren't the center of the universe. Uh, I love the shit out of Jim Henson, but I'm voting for Galileo. Uh, Alan. If Galileo was so great, he would have been on Voyager doing all the shitty fucking acting with Catherine Janeway. Now, Jim Henson. Wait, 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 wait. That was Leonardo da Vinci. Close enough, Damon. Close enough. He would be, he would not be associating with that trash. But Jim Henson, uh, or the Jim Henson Company, did Farscape, and you know what Farscape means: big round blue ass. And I am all about that ass. So I'm going with Jim Henson all the way. Another vote for Jim Henson and Anthony. Galileo Galilei and Jim Henson, we kind of look at them as different here. Galileo Galilei being the scientist, you know, his theories on space and the telescope. And Jim Henson, his creative uh, pursuits with the Muppets, we see him as more as an entertainer. But down at their core, both Galileo Galilei and Jim Henson are the same. They both had an insane imagination to do what they did. Galileo perceived things beyond anyone else in his time. And Jim Henson, the works he created has entertained millions. Um, but as far as the impact on society as a whole, I think Galileo Galilei has had more throughout time, has had a chance to impact us more than Jim Henson has. Because to be honest, I don't know if the world will actually remember Jim Henson in 200 years, but we're still going to remember Galileo. So I'm going to vote for Galileo. Yeah, because Galileo cheated. A vote for Galileo. Because the Indigo Girls sang about him. Uh, but Jim Henson is moving on. You know, the church didn't have to apologize to Jim Henson. And we are on to our next fight. It's the first unknown fight of the evening. It is Buddha. I'm not saying, I'm not even going to attempt his first name. What is it? Gatman? I don't Gatoma. know. Gatoma. Whatever. Buddha versus Karen's pick. It's a doozy. It was supposed to be up against another person on the list. It is Nikola Tesla. Greg, that's yours. 
Okay. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Tesla's on this list. And boy, we, it would be very awesome to see him go through and, and do some more damage. But um, I am a huge fan of the Buddha. Uh, that, to me, that's just a fascinating story, a completely different worldview from my own, and a worldview that united an entire. Uh, we think of the Indian subcontinent as warring now because of Islam, but it was warring at the time. Uh, give it up for the Buddha. A vote for the Buddha. Um, I don't really know very much about Buddhism at all. I, I, I do, I do respect it. I do like what what it tries to do. Um, I just, for whatever reason, my my ignorance about Buddha is probably going to sway me towards Nikola Tesla. He's badass. Well, not really, but I still like him better. Alan. Um, man. Hmm. Didn't those Tesla cars, the new Tesla cars that are out right now, aren't they like totally shitty and like not working and stuff? And then there was that horror movie, that movie a couple of years ago where the guy uses the Tesla device and he does like the magic trick and he falls through the platform and he reappears on another side of the thing and the machine was making a clone of him. The I prestige. can't remember the, the prestige. prestige. Yeah, yeah. That movie sucked. <laughs> uh, and you know, where I train at, trained for judo in Costa Mesa, California, and Bunasawakai uh, is at a Buddhist temple. So I'm going to have to go with uh, go with Buddha just for my my bros at Bunasawakai. Uh, vote for Buddha. Anthony. I love the Buddhist story and Buddhism in general. I find it extremely fascinating. Um, I enjoy reading up on Buddhism, but Tesla has a very huge impact on our modern world and quite honestly and during this first uh, half of our first bracket here in geek fights the scientists have had the crap kicked out of them so i'm going to vote for tesla just because we need more scientists to make it through this list they have been important in history you know i've just noticed that almost every religious figure has won and all the scientists have lost uh that's weird. It is all tied up. It comes down to you, Mike. Which one takes the win? Uh, this is really tough for me. Uh, my my first instinct was uh, was the Buddha. I I I put Buddha on this list. Um, but I do love Nikola Tesla, and uh, honestly, I probably know facts about these two at a very very small level but I know a lot of just kind of weird bullshit about them. And, uh, you know, I was, I was all ready to go for Nikola Tesla, uh, because y'all yeah, fuck it. I'll, I'll vote for Nikola Tesla because David Bowie didn't play the Buddha in any movies. <laughs> oh, vote for Tesla and Tesla moves on. We are on to our next fight. Damon, this one is yours. It is Jules Verne. Versus Joseph Stalin. Hmm. The granddaddy of science fiction or a horrible mass murderer? We've got a lot of World War II people on here. Um, I don't know. Oh, fuck it. I put Jules Verne on. I'm voting for Jules Verne. Alan. Um, I'm a huge time travel fan. And if I knew what books the fucking guy took with him when he came back and went took off in the time machine. 
I would be tempted to vote for Jules Verne, although I do like the 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea uh, story. Um, but here's a little bit of a here's a little bit of a thing. Everybody will fucking point at Hitler and say, oh, Hitler's horrible. Look at all these people he killed. He's a terrible person. All this shit. Hitler, 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 Hitler. And I don't know if it's a a liberal thing, um, but America and definitely, well, there's a lot more socialism that goes on in, in Europe. Um, no one points at Stalin. It's always like, oh, Hitler's this horrible guy. Oh, yeah, and Stalin wasn't that great either. No, Stalin was a total fucking prick. Nobody knows anything about Stalin. They think that communism and Stalin, well, I actually, probably Stalinism is something other than communism uh, or his own brand of it, kind of like my favorite brand, which is Pabst Blue Ribbon. Um, but nobody really knows anything about Stalin. The guy's a massive prick and he needs some PR. So I'm pushing Stalin forward just for the whole recognition, the whole recognition value of the motherfucker. I'll vote for Joseph Stalin. Uh, Anthony. I agree. Uh, Stalin was a massive dick. I mean, he's up there with Hitler. He was kind of the deal with the devil that we had to make to take Hitler out. Uh, Jules Verne, um, the stuff in his novels is uncanny. You wonder if he did have that time machine and travel to see how he lived. But then, or is it just that looking back at his stories, his stories influenced the way we guided ourselves kind of like today we can see, oh, cell phones, Star Trek and stuff, things like that. Did people just look at Jules Verne and those were great ideas, and they just made them happen. Um, but I'm going to have to vote uh, the way I'm voting, specifically because my birthday happens to be, I happen to share my birthday with Joseph Stalin. So Woo! I'm for Stalin, because we were born on the same day, and it's actually a rare day for birth. So. Go communism! No, you weren't. He was born on the 18th of December. Stalin was the 21st of December. 18th, according to Wikipedia. Wikipedia lies. Okay. <laughs> I'll vote for Stalin. Uh, Mike. Go Stalin. Uh, I, I am going to vote for Jules Verne. Um, as I stated in Best Villain, I'm, I'm actually not a fan of, of Stalin. Uh, he killed a lot of people. He was a horrible despot and dictator. Um, but, you know, as far as horrible despots and dictators go, the man really has very little charisma. And, you know, I, I made a statement before that, you know, with Hitler versus Churchill, I'm, I'm speaking English. I'm not speaking German. Well, I'm not speaking Russian, but I sure am speaking sci-fi. And that's all Jules Verne, baby. A vote for Jules Verne. It is all tied up. It comes down to you, Greg. Which one takes the win? Well, you know, I'm going to agree with those who've said that Stalin was probably... Uh, in some ways, a worse figure than Hitler, he just didn't have the PR. He probably is responsible for more World War II deaths, certainly more war-related you know, deaths and killing his own people and hideous. But I'm persuaded by Mike that this is a guy who doesn't have any ideology to speak of. He's borrowed most of his thinking from those who came before him. It was simply a straight-up power grab. He doesn't interest me anywhere near as much as mysterious islands and journeys to the center of the earth. It's got to be Jules Verne. Yeah, but if you're saying 99%, you're talking Stalin, baby. <laughs> yeah, there's that. Well, like you, there's some parts of the 99% I I don't mind just you know distancing myself from. So, yeah, but Stalin is all about power to the people. 
How can you guys let Stalin go down like this? He did. To Stalin, Jules Verne. Stalin, Stalin actually killed more people than Jules Verne wrote about dying in his in every book, all combined. You guys suck. Stalin got a lot of love on Best Villain 2, uh, the, the, the Quickening. I think that's what it was called. But anyway, Jules Verne takes the win. And uh, we're on to our next fight. Alan, this one is yours. It is Plato versus Elizabeth the First. Uh, th this is Plato. Plato, guys. I'm not even gonna make any. I'm not even gonna say anything about about it. It's Plato. Oh, vote for Plato, Anthony. Um, this one's quite easy for me. As far as powerful females in history, Elizabeth the First is up there. She. Uh, I'm even use one of Mike's arguments where. I'm speaking English right now. If it wasn't for Elizabeth, there's a good chance the Spanish might have overrun the world with the Spanish Armada and the conquest of the New World. It was through Elizabeth's leadership that that was stopped. So uh, I'm going for Elizabeth. It uh, has to stop anything here in Southern California. <laughs> Vote for Elizabeth, Mike. Um, this actually, this actually is tough um, because uh, you know certainly polit politically. Uh, Elizabeth uh, has had a tremendous influence. I mean, really, at the beginning of her reign uh, to the end of her reign, you know, that really transformed Britain and, and the British Empire. I mean, that's really kind of the genesis of it. Um, but, you know, it, it's one of those things where Plato is, is in many ways kind of the, the father of, of all Western thought. I mean, the, the ideologies that defined... Uh, European thinking uh, for for centuries really uh, extend back to him. So uh, I think I'm going to give it to Plato. Another vote for Plato, Greg. Very tempting to vote for Elizabeth the first for the same reason that I was giving a little love to Joan earlier. But we're dealing with the Virgin Queen here, so I'm not sure that the 19 year old uh, girl argument really works the same way. And um, you know, to me. The, argue, the best argument for Elizabeth is the Elizabethan era itself and all that that implies. People like Shakespeare, people like you know, the music of Sir Thomas Morley. But, yeah, I just can't get past the fact that if she's an important political figure, we've got to go all the way back to Plato and, and Socrates about whom he wrote to establish even what the rules of politics are to begin with. She built something on their foundation. I'll go with Plato. Another vote for Plato. And I will be voting for Vagina, but Plato is moving on. <laughs> we are on to our next fight. And the only woman left is crazy. Yeah, well, crazy and young. Uh, Anthony, this fight is yours. It is Leonardo da Vinci versus John Wilkes Booth. It's Leonardo da Vinci. I'm not going to argue this one. It's Leonardo da Vinci. John Wilkes Booth, you know, he, he did something horrible, but... As far as the his greatest impact in all of history, it's Leonardo. John Wilkes Booth just really affects American history more than anything. But Leonardo is world history. Uh, vote for Leonardo da Vinci, Mike. Uh, yeah, I'm going to vote for Leonardo da Vinci because, as we learn in the Marvel comic series Shield, uh, he is actually kind of like a superhero with a flying harness and time travel and. Uh, and yeah, he's one of the uh, he's like he's like Nick Fury, but from the Renaissance. Another vote for Leonardo, Greg. 
You know, I don't know whether it's appropriate to play this game from the perspective of looking ahead in the bracket, because there's an incredibly good argument to be made for John Wilkes Booth regarding what happens later on if he advances from one fight to the next. But yeah, I I gotta go with uh, I gotta go with Leonardo, a jack of all trades, um, influences across multiple multiple disciplines. Leo, uh, vote for Leonardo da Vinci. Um... I don't know any. I, I've never heard of the Wilkes Booth code. I've heard of the Da Vinci code, even though I know that's made up. I'm just fucking around. Um, plus, Leonardo was my favorite Ninja Turtle, so I'm going to vote for Leonardo Da Vinci. Alan, is it a clean sweep? Hmm. Let me think about it. Does this deserve a clean sweep? Yes. Okay, there's a uh, there's a talk show host in the uh, in the U.S. a guy named Michael Medved who does these historical historical uh, episodes that are played on special occasions, and he talked about John Wilkes Booth and the assassination of Lincoln, and he was uh, and one of the things I was kind of surprised to find out was what a popular actor John Wilkes Booth was. It wasn't just some he wasn't some military guy. It would it would be like Leonardo DiCaprio assassinates a known president like he was a fully famous dude um and if john wilkes booth won he would be going up possibly going up against abraham lincoln in the next bracket which is a good point there um but oh okay but isn't leonardo da vinci actually a eternal time uh traveling uh space alien as as shown in the Star Trek episode where they go on the planet and Spock figures out that, hey, these are original. You know the episode I'm talking about, guys? <laughs> oh, yeah. That okay, was, I'm uh, failing hard. You know what I'm talking about? No, yeah, that was the uh, the one with uh, Zephram Cochran, wasn't it? No, no, it's original series one. The original series. I'm looking like a fucking asshole here. <laughs> Somebody throw me a fucking rope. <laughs> well, just Yo, vote. Just vote. It's, it's Da Vinci. Thank you. <laughs> you There's your rope. <laughs> and and Cochran did make an appearance in the original series too. Anyway, moving on. on First clean sweep. Yes, uh, Mike. This one is yours. It is Abraham Lincoln versus Julius Caesar. Uh, well, uh, you know, Abraham Lincoln has had a great deal of influence on, on this country. Certainly, uh, he is often considered to be one of the greatest presidents we've ever had. But uh, in terms of, of global impact, uh, it's got to be Julius Caesar. Um, you know, he really is the, the dawn of, of, of the Roman Empire, uh, and that Roman Empire— in many ways, you know, the Roman Empire creates what I guess we would call kind of modern society. Um, while they did not invent uh, democratic or a, a, a democratic republic necessarily, um, they certainly perfected the level of corruption that we now enjoy. Um, they were a decadent people. Uh, and uh, and ultimately, their empire collapsed. Although I guess you could argue that it evolved into maybe the Holy Roman Empire, and that evolves into the uh, British Empire, and that evolves into the American Empire, whatnot. But uh, in, in any event, that influence is pretty huge, and I think also strangely a cautionary tale. So 
Julius Caesar. A vote for Caesar. Greg. You know, a couple things that bother me about Caesar. First, um, the people who were assassinating him were wanting to change the government in a much more constitutional direction. And and uh, I'm a big constitution guy. And in some ways, Abraham Lincoln was also doing everything he could to preserve and protect and defend constitutional ideas. You know, plus Julius Caesar had slaves and Abraham Lincoln freedom. So I'm going to go with Abe. A vote for old honest Abe. Um, you know, John Wilkes Booth is the reason why I won't be voting for Abraham Lincoln. If he hadn't killed Lincoln, our country would be a very, very different place because the death of Lincoln is the reason why the stigma of slavery lasted another hundred years and, and other things happened, like the South went to hell in a handbasket. All that stuff is because John Wilkes Booth was a dick and shot him in the back of the head. Um, what's the month that follows June? Uh, isn't that July named after Julius Caesar? Come on, we named a month of the year after the dude. Everywhere around the world, we, we talk about this guy. Uh, one of the most powerful dictators of all time. Uh, I'm going to vote for Julius Caesar. Alan. Okay, Garrick knows that Julius Caesar should have seen it coming. Okay, with Abraham Lincoln, when he got shot in the back of the head, there's no predicting that. Fucking John Wilkes Booth, there's no predicting that. Julius Caesar should have known better. He should have had everybody fucking killed. And uh, you know what? Actually, I've seen the movie Caligula. I'm, I'm going. I'm going Caesar, just just purely for Caligula. But that isn't even. That's Nero. That's not even Julius. It's near Julius. Okay, a vote for Julius Caesar and Anthony. Um, my vote's going to be for Julius Caesar. Um, but just earlier, it was mentioned. You know, both of these people were assassinated. But I've seen something lately that suggests that Julius knew he was going to be assassinated and chose to be assassinated. Partly because his health was failing and he didn't want to become weak in power, but also that he knew that if he were to allow himself to be assassinated, he may become a martyr and it would it would uh, entrench his name and his lineage in power as opposed to possibly losing power as he became weaker. And uh, that's pretty badass. So I'm going to go with Julius Caesar. Uh, vote for Julius Caesar, not Augustus Caesar or, well... Octavian Caesar, that's his real name. Anyway, Augustus is Caesar. Anyway, uh, Julius is moving on. Uh, we are on to our next fight. Greg, this one is yours. It is Thomas Edison versus Dwight D. Eisenhower. Okay. Um, this one really isn't hard for me. I, I, I'm i a big Ike fan. He's another U World War II guy. He's uh, one of my favorite presidents. He, he's a president that if we if he was in our political scene today, no political party would want him. He wouldn't fit in. That's a good thing. But, you know, I'm a huge music fan. And just for the phonograph alone and what the invention of the phonograph meant to ultimately the iPods and iPhones we carry around today and the actually the ability to, to record something like this and, and make it, you know, something that makes my drive to work a pleasure, I got to go with Edison. A vote for Thomas Edison. Um, I love Edison. I love the light bulb that's lighting up my room right now. I love all this stuff. 
But Dwight D. Eisenhower is probably our last great president. Like, and I'm not saying there haven't been good presidents after him. There's been a couple that have been okay and serviceable. There's been a few that have been really bad. Uh, but Dwight D. Eisenhower is the last president that didn't really have to contend with TV. Uh, he, he His interest was for the greater good of the country, not the greater good of himself or his party. And I, I honestly wish we could get back to that. And he also predicted, he, he warned us in his last address, uh, beware of the uh, what is military industrial complex. He didn't really call it that, but he did call it something very similar to that. I thought he did the, call it that. He yep. it, 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 he calls it, it, it's not exactly military industrial complex. It's military something complex. There's something, there's an extra word in there. So I'm not quoting him exactly, but uh, yeah, Eisenhower Eisenhower's effect has been felt well into the future. He predicted how shitty things would be, and if we listened to him, we'd probably be in a better place. So I'm going to go with Dwight D. Eisenhower. Alan? Um, here's something that uh, a lot of people don't understand. They think Thomas Edison, I'm, I'm not saying the guy wasn't a good inventor, but um, there's a guy, and hopefully nobody's listening that, that is familiar with the guy. His name's Danny Elfman. He was in this band called Oingo Boingo and became a composer and worked with a lot with Tim Burton and all this shit. And I was kind of uh, surprised to find out I had a friend of mine that was in his I guess you would call it stable. He had this whole situation where you had a whole bunch of writers that were writing shit and Danny Elfman would kind of, or Jenny Elfman's actual like general manager, whatever the fuck it was, would take all these musical pieces and put them together and do the compositions and do the shit for movies. Like Danny Elfman was very, I'm not saying he wasn't involved, but it was, was definitely not doing a, uh, a majority of the shit. Like um, if, if you were on his writing staff, whatever you wrote would be known as the fucking Danny Elfman fucking thing. And I've heard the same thing with Thomas Edison. It's like Thomas Edison, I'm not saying he didn't invent, but you know, the guy had so many inventions because he set up machinery. He set up, he set up a stable, he set up a, a bullpen of guys that invented and whatever these guys came up with became a Thomas Edison invention. They, they were, it became his brand. Um, but Damon is completely and totally on the money. Dwight, Dwight Eisenhower was a great fucking president. And the only shit people can talk about him is to say that, hey, he didn't have to uh, deal with any really fucked up uh, uh, bad things going on during his presidency. Yeah, he had a good presidency, but there wasn't anything really jacked up that went on. Dwight was fucking great. And I like Ike. Another vote for Eisenhower. Anthony. I really hate this fight because both of these men were heavily influential. Thomas Edison, like Alan was saying, did get a lot of credit for stuff he didn't actually invent himself. But his influence goes beyond just his mere inventions. His push during the battle between alternating and direct current and how he manipulated everything to get it his way. And so that he would make the money that he changed the face of America by doing that. But then you have Ike with his policies and during World War II, his fighting. These are two guys that both deserve to go on beyond the first bracket, to be honest. Um, but Ike has received a lot of love already, so I'm just going to give it to Edison and feel he deserves a vote here. 1% of vote for Thomas Edison. It is all tied up, and it comes down to you, Mike. 
Yikes, this is a tough one. Um, I've been kind of going back and forth as uh, as people have been talking. Um, I don't think that there's any question that Thomas Edison has, has been more influential. Um, yeah, it, it's just, you know, the, the, the technology that he brought us, even if he did not invent it himself. Um, but certainly, I mean, you, already we've mentioned... Uh, you know, how music, but uh, his his impact on on movies and and how much of what what defines us as geeks can be can be directly traced back to uh, inventions that he 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 created or inspired or paved the way for. But uh, you know, Damon, I think you kind of nailed it with with uh, that one warning against the military industrial complex. I mean, maybe. The problem with Eisenhower is he should have been more influential. If we had listened to him, we would be uh, living in a better world. So uh, because because nobody paid attention to what he said then, maybe we should pay a little bit more attention to it now. And uh, I'll vote for Dwight D. Eisenhower. And Alan Woo! already stole my I like Ike. I like Ike. And Ike is moving on. And we are on to our next fight. <laughs> It is Rasputin versus Thomas Jefferson. Um, I was watching the premiere of Key and Peel, and they were doing an Ancestry.com bit, and they would show white people, and the white person would be like, my ancestor was Thomas Edison. And then they would show a black person, turns out my ancestor is Thomas Jefferson. And, uh, every, and they kept doing that. They would show a white person and be a famous, like, white person and it'd be a black person they show thomas jefferson every time and it was really funny to me uh but i'm not i'm not gonna vote for the horrible person this time i think i voted for the horrible person every time I, i'm gonna vote for uh thomas jefferson here uh isn't he the writer of the constitution or the way the bill of rights one of those things thank you declaration of independence there we go thomas jefferson alan Okay, uh, Rasputin, Russian communist, um, but Tom Thomas Jefferson to me sounds a lot like Thomas Jameson. And who can vote against Tom? I'm voting for Tom. Uh, vote for alcohol, Al Anthony. This battle by far is the easiest one in this entire bracket. It has to be Thomas Jefferson. Not only did he write the Declaration of Independence, he was our third president, the first secretary of state. Thomas Jefferson's ideals, his personal things he fought for, are what we see to be the American ideals today. Even though we don't really follow them anymore, we kind of ignore that and throw it in the garbage. The idea of the free people and uh, your individual liberties, that's Thomas Jefferson. He pushed for that. He is important. He influenced our way of life right now. Another vote for Jefferson. Mike? Uh, I, I'm going to vote for Rasputin. I put Rasputin on this list. I put him on this list for one reason. Well, two reasons. Sorry. Uh, reason number one, uh, you want to talk a, an amazing story, uh, learn the history of Rasputin. Uh, some crazy stuff. He was a crazy man, a crazy Mystical man, he probably was a mesmerist, a sorcerer, maybe an alien, who knows. Uh, but the main reason I put him on this list is because I wanted someone on here who was going to be a motherfucker in a physical fight. And uh, you cannot put Rasputin down. 
You cannot beat him. You cannot take him down. You can poison him. You can shoot him. You can stab him. Rasputin comes back for more. Uh, I think he would uh, just just sweep the floor with a Nancy boy like uh, Thomas Jefferson. So Rasputin. And, and, and Rasputin would kick the crap out of Tom Jameson also. A vote for Rasputin and Greg. I think this might be the first religious figure that I'm voting down. Um, and I say that because Rasputin may not have necessarily been a mad monk or an insane man. Uh, he may have actually been a, a true believer of sorts. There are some in Russia who just see him as being misunderstood and, and think that he wasn't quite as wild and wacky as we think he is. But uh, to me, this is simple. One of these guys believes in the separation of church and state. The other one does, and I'm going with Jefferson. Uh, vote for Jefferson, TJ. And we're moving on to our next fight. Jefferson is moving on to the next round. Alan, this one is yours. It is Martin Luther, not Martin Luther King, Martin Luther versus Walt Disney. Disney. <laughs> uh, is Martin Luther the founder of Lutherism? Yeah. Lutheranism? Okay. Walt yeah. Disney. <laughs> The Lutheran Church, yes. Uh, way, way more hot chicks in uh, have to do with Disney. A vote for Walt Disney, uh, Anthony. Um, Martin Luther was very important in history. He pretty much started the break from the Catholic Church. He, you know, he said, "Hold on a minute," but he was German, so it was more like "Ein Minuten bitter." Something's wrong here. Uh, and that started a whole, that opened a powder keg of shit. Uh, and we still feel the effects of that now. But uh, Walt Disney, in for our modern history, has heavily influenced entertainment. He he has changed the way entertainment works. Uh, the movies we love today, you could trace back to something Walt Disney pioneered to make happen. Um, he was also, you know our love of nature documentaries and the knowledge we have from that Disney started that he started the first nature documentary that was released to the public. So I'm gonna go with Walt Disney. Another vote for Disney, Mike. Yeah, I, I am also going to vote for Walt Disney. Um, uh, reason number one, uh, technically speaking, I am a Catholic. So fuck him. Martin Luther, that is. And number two, you know, I, I, I got to take issue with the man. I mean, I understand that, you know, maybe he was a, a great thinker for his time. Uh, but he figured out that, uh, you know, the infallibility of the Pope and uh, I don't remember what the name of the thing that they were giving people, the indulgences. And he figured out that a lot of stuff in the church was bullshit that had absolutely nothing to do with what Jesus said. But unfortunately, there was a whole lot of other shit that uh, that was bullshit that had nothing to do with Jesus said that he didn't figure out. So uh, he got it a little bit right. So I'll give him props for that. But, uh, you know, Walt Disney, Walt Disney, I don't think Martin Luther's head is floating in a jar, you know, secretly running the entire world. And I think that might be the case with Walt Disney. Another vote for Walt Disney. Greg. I'm going to throw some love to Luther. Um, one of the things that terrifies me more than anything else is to imagine that this uh, force of Christianity, this you know dominant you know theistic religion, would be in one single person's hands, and that's a lot of what Luther undid. And you know, just for Protestantism alone, with all of the negative qualities that it's got, yeah, you know, he uh, eliminated the idea that 
priest couldn't marry. He uh, translated the Bible into languages that everybody could read to try to make sure people could could see what you know Jesus said from Jesus instead of having it interpreted by other people. Uh, he's another one of those guys we'd be better off if uh, if to Mike's point, he'd had just a little bit more influence. So uh, I'll give it up for Luther. Uh, vote for Martin Luther. Uh, I think, therefore I am. My vote doesn't matter. I'll vote for Martin Luther voting against the Nazi again. I'm joking. Disney's not a Nazi. But Walt Disney is moving on. And we are in our last fight of the first round. Anthony, this one is yours. It is Richard Outcult, Occult, I don't know what his name is, how to pronounce it. He is the creator of the Yellow Kid, the uh, basically the first uh, comic strip, which leads to comic books, versus Jared's pick, which is Alfred Hitchcock. Wow. Um, well, to be honest, I was going to vote against the Yellow Kid. No matter what, because it was the only thing on this list that I did not recognize. Usually when I do a geek fight, there's like three or four things. I have no idea what the hell that is. And on this fight, it was the yellow kid, and that was the only one I didn't know. But the fact that Jared picked Alfred Hitchcock just makes it all that much more easy. And I'm once again going to put my faith in Jared and pick Alfred Hitchcock. Uh, vote for the cock. Mike. Love the Hitchcock. Sorry, Jared, but... Uh... In this one, certainly, I mean, I had decided that I was going to vote for uh, Richard Acole. I don't know how you pronounce it either, uh, the creator of the Yellow Kid, uh, entirely because I would say in terms of direct, specific influence on me, he's probably had more than anybody on this list, just because ultimately without him, we wouldn't have comic strips, and then we would not have comic books, and uh, I am a comic book geek. Basically, we look at it like this. No uh, no Richard F. Occult, no Yellow Kid, no comic strips, no comic books, no comic books, no comics cafe in Ferndale, Michigan, no comics cafe in Ferndale, Michigan, no geek fights. <laughs> Jared loves that argument. You know he loves to hate that argument. Anytime it goes against him, he's like, oh, God damn it. But when it doesn't work for him, he hates it too. But a vote for Richard. Uh Greg, well, this hits this hits the geek cred right where it lives for me. I uh, I totally acknowledge everything Mike said. He's one hundred percent right. I get it. Um, but at the end of the day, I'm not that much of a comic book geek, and I am one hundred percent all in movie geek. Um, Hitchcock brought uh, British cinema to America, changed the way the studio system worked, uh, and you know entertained the hell out of us while he was at it. Uh, Hitchcock. Uh, vote for Alfred Hitchcock. Um, yeah, comic books. Uh, even though I, I know I saw movies before I could read and read comic books, uh, comic books have greatly influenced my life. And without this man doing it 120 years ago, I think it was the 1890s is when he did it, uh, you know, I, I, I probably wouldn't know Mike. I probably wouldn't know Anthony. I wouldn't know Alan. I wouldn't know... But Greg, I wouldn't know anybody that I know now. Uh, they've greatly influenced my life, so I'm going to have to vote with him. It is all tied up. It comes down to you, Alan. Which one takes the win? Man. Man, 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 man. Um, 
fuck. I have recently, recently started watching. I've recently started watching Alfred Hitchcock uh, presents the TV show, and and everybody remembers the Twilight Zone, but nobody really remembers. Alfred Hitchcock presents. I'm not saying it, people aren't unfamiliar with it. Anybody out of here listening, if you're a Twilight Zone fan, go on Netflix. You have got to get Alfred Hitchcock presents. Um, I understand the argument of the comic strip, but if I'm looking at the next fight, fight or fight here. Okay, I'm voting for Alfred Hitchcock, and here's the reason why. And the next fight is going to be Walt Disney versus Alfred Hitchcock. They're both in their positions because of movie making. And if you look at their influence, I, I'm just going to say that. I'll, I'll get into the next, the next, the next fight. It's, it's Alfred Hitchcock. A vote for Alfred Hitchcock, and Hitchcock is moving on. And we'll be back right after this. Love you, Jared. Naked dawn of man to the magnificence of the Bible. The Lord Jehovah has given unto you these 15, <laughs> 10, 10 commandments. From the glory that was Rome uh, to the dark evils of the Spanish Inquisition. For now begins the Inquisition. To the French Revolution with its squalor and its splendor. The peasants may grow violent. They are my people. I am their sovereign. I love them. Paul! History of the World, Part 1, starring... It's good to be the king. More women! More wine! More! And submit to the king. Last one. Oh, that's let off! You're beautiful. Stop you? it! <laughs> Let's end this meeting on a high note. Hey, what country are you from? Ethiopia. What part? 125th Street. Oh. I'm Miriam. I'm a Vestal Virgin. I'm really sorry to hear that. You should have been here over 30 grains ago. Please ravage me. Gee, I just ate. Drama. Do you require a blindfold? None. Have you any last words? None. Test the guillotine. Hold. Action. Where are you going? I don't know! Romance. Say when? 8.30. Spectacle. The Inquisition. What a show. We know you're wishing that we go away. But the Inquisition's here and it's here to stay. Mel Brooks, History of the World, Part 1. Ten million years in the making.
Ever feel like it is hard to make friends with people from other planets? Tired of other races in the Gamma Quadrant pushing you around? The universe is a dangerous place. The Dominion can help. We offer mediation, protection. Ketracel White provided to every new recruit. Contact us via the iTunes store under the Gamma Quadrant and one of our Vortas will be happy to send you an application. The Gamma Quadrant is the podcast dedicated to all things Deep Space Nine. Look for us at gammaquadrant.libsyn.com, which is L-I-B-S-Y-N, or under Gamma Quadrant at the iTunes store. This is Ivana Manley from Manley Labs, and you're listening to Geek Fights. And we are back doing what we do every week, coming at you with a little geek cred. Uh, Anthony, uh, you you game up with this idea for the episode. What is your geek cred, sir? I am a huge history geek. I love history. I pour over history books. I go to museums. Um, it came from my dad. He always took us to museums when we were kids. Always trying to instill that sense of knowing where we came from in us. Um, I love everything about history. I'll read anything on history just uh this past weekend i went to a museum here in las vegas called the titanic artifact exhibit and i plan to go back um into that in in april because it's actually april's the 100th anniversary of the singing of titanic that's i just love history everything about it rock and roll greg this is your first time on the show this is not west point greg this is a new greg uh inappropriate conversations greg uh what's your geek right sir yeah, I'm kind of all over the map, which makes me good for this particular fight. I, the, the podcast, Inappropriate Conversations, is all about uh, going from topic to topic, mixing things up, politics, sex, religion, pop culture, and just sort of taking things that society tries to keep separated and putting them together in ways that challenge our conventional wisdom about what we ought to be doing or what even what our history tells us to do. Um, but I'm also a huge podcast geek as much as anything else. And it's a friend of the show who invited me to join and I'm so glad she did. That would be Janet. Give Janet the credit that she deserves. Janet deserves even more credit than I could possibly give. So I thought, well, let's not do a half-assed job. But yeah, the she uh, she invited me to listen to her on the uh, Best Family Show, and uh, I you know took notice. And her husband was on the Doctor Who episode, and uh, from there I was hooked, guys. This is good stuff. Rock and roll. And Alan, what is your geek cred? Uh, my geek cred is, despite having my well, my geek cred is that I, I'm an audiophile, and uh, my latest thing here for years and years and years, a really good friend of mine was all always hyping me on vinyl, and ever another really good friend of mine was hyping me on vinyl, and I finally started making the move into vinyl, and I picked up my first. My first turntable, a dual CS5000, and you cannot have yourself a nice little audiophile turntable without having a kick-ass Phono Pre. And I am the owner of serial number 001 of the brand spanking new Manly Chinook Phono Pre. Not only is it serial number 001, it is autographed to me from Ivana Manley herself saying, uh, the autograph says, it actually says to Alan. And, uh, and I'm also running for my, uh, for my mains there. I'm running the, uh, the Manley Mahi 
tube power amp. So besides my other sci-fi geekery and retardedness, I am now a vinyl audiophile. That's my geek red. Fuck you guys. Woot. A vinyl audiophile. Rock and roll. Jumping back into the fights. Mike, this one is yours. It is a weird one. It is Gary Gygax versus Joan of Arc. Um, hmm, this this is very strange. I don't quite know how to uh to come at this. Um You know, fuck it. Uh as far as, as who's had more of a specific direct influence on my life, uh, it's Gary Gygax. I mean, it, it really... Dungeons and Dragons... The first time I played Dungeons and Dragons, um, or when, when I was younger, uh, it, it really more so than just as a game was kind of a very early geek group, geek community. I mean, I had been a comic book geek, but reading comic books is a solitary uh, type of geekery, and, and there was no internet back then, and maybe there were fanzines and things like that, but not, nothing very immediate. Uh, there weren't even really a lot of comic book stores to to hang out in. At, at this time, there was really no, there were no comic book stores where I lived. We bought comics at <coughs> grocery stores and places like that. So really, the first time that I engaged in a gathering of geeks, it was to play Dungeons & Dragons at the the invitation of, of some guys that I knew that also liked Star Wars and Star Trek. And, uh, and you know, I, so I guess in many ways kind of getting, getting hooked on that experience uh, is, is what has sort of led me down the path that, uh, that I have followed. So uh, I will give it to Gary Gygax. Uh, vote for Gary Gygax. Greg. Yeah, I think I'm just going to have to go with this one from a personal perspective. And the one the the person here that I think I identify the most with, the one who's probably more like me between me? the two. Are you talking about me? <laughs> you and Joan of Arc. Oh, cool. A vote for Joan of Arc. Hmm. I have played Dungeons and Dragons, and I'm talking about the tabletop version. What what was that? Three or four times with Anthony and his brother. And like two times otherwise, like I, I I love the idea of Dungeons and Dragons, but uh, the impact it's actually had on me is very minimal. Um, Joan, Joan of Arc hasn't really had an impact on me either, but uh, I'm going to vote for Joan of Arc anyway. Keep some vagina alive on the list. I, I guess that's that's actually rather horrible. The the way I, I I'm justifying it is I'm trying to keep a woman on the list, but then I denigrate them by saying keeping vagina on the list. Wow, double edged sword, Alan. Um, Joan of Arc is probably a completely made up legend. I yeah, fuck that. The Gary guy. I, I remember people. I'd never played Dungeons and Dragons. Well, no, I did play Dungeons and Dragons, the uh, the uh, Activision version. Um, but there's a lot of people that were doing it. That uh, it was kind of a, a newer uh, entertainment form when it came out, and it's legitimately cool. And what I, I and and here's the secondary reason. And if anyone has here has voted for Joan of Arc, I urge you to change your vote to Gary Gygax for the simple reason. We need to have Gary Gygax versus Alan Alcorn in the next round. Wait a minute. Did Alan Alcorn win or did, did Henry Ford win? It was Henry Ford. Oh. <laughs> okay, forget that. I'm voting for Gary Gygax anyway. Fuck you guys. 
I'll vote for Gary Gygax. It is all tied up. It comes down to you, Anthony. Which one takes the win? It's hard to properly express how much Gary Gygax has uh, influenced my life. I've been playing Dungeons and Dragons since I was little. Uh, I think I was 10 when I first played Dungeons and Dragons. I played the original Dungeons and Dragons. I played Advanced Dungeons and Dragons, third edition, fourth edition, some of the computer games that have come off from Dungeons and Dragons. I have a chainmail dice bag right now. It's a dice bag just for my dice, made of chainmail. For oh, Christmas, man, that's for Christmas, up. one of that's my friends bought me a large D20 that when you roll it and it lands on 20, it starts flashing. That being said, I feel Joan of Arc is more important to history in general. She she started when she was 16 is when she first started uh, stepping up. Whether you believe she was just crazy or was she actually listening to God, it doesn't matter. She still inspired an entire nation and uh, the Dolphin Char- Charles to stand up against England and give France its independence from England at that time. Her importance cannot be swayed. And as the only woman left on this list, she needs to go on. Joan of Arc. But dude, Benny Hinn says he, says he talks to God. But Joan of Arc is moving on. Oh. Gygax failed his fortitude save. <laughs> Joan of Arc takes the win. We are on to our next fight. Uh, Greg, this one is yours. It is Henry Ford versus Jesus. <sighs> Wow. I could cop out here probably and suggest that, um, you know, from a religious perspective, Jesus couldn't be a historical figure, at least not for me, because everybody I've put on this list is somebody who, you know, there's no question that everyone in the world believes that person's dead. But I'm not going to do that. On the other hand, you know, Henry Ford, the assembly line, that's great. It, It gets me a faster sandwich when I go to Subway. But I just don't think you can stack up enough positives from Henry Ford and enough negatives of ways his influence has been uh, perverted or things that have been done that are horrific, uh, along with the things that have been truly wonderful. I think Henry Ford's influence is fairly narrow in history. So I'll, I'll put Jesus through, see if, uh, see if it holds up. Uh, vote for Jesus. Um, I'm going to go physical fight on this one. And being that uh, Jesus was a pacifist and Henry Ford uh, helped build a lot of shit to kill Nazis, um, I'm going to go with Henry Ford. I think he can beat the shit out of Jesus. Uh, Alan. I'll, I'll say this much. There's no priest someplace saying to some little kid, hey, suck my dick because of Her- Her- Henry Ford. That Jesus is, uh, if you guys are playing pretend, nobody plays pretend and says Harry Ford. People play pretend and, and do the Jesus thing. So, Henry Ford, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, vote for Henry Ford. Anthony. Okay, I know last round I was a little little harsh on Jesus. I was uh, trying to get a vote for Darwin in there. because I, I felt Darwin was going to lose anyway. But uh, the truth is, Jesus himself was a great, uh, had great ideas, his, his moral philosophies. The, the negatives we can pin to Jesus are not the fault of Jesus, but the fault of his followers being stupid. The followers doing the stupid things. The, there are, there's a quote from um, uh, Charles Dickens 
the Christmas story, where one of the spirits say, there are some upon this earth of yours who lay claim to know us and who do their deeds of passion, pride, ill will, hatred, envy, bigotry, and selfishness in our name, who are strange to us and to all our kith and kin as if they had never lived. Remember that and charge their doings themselves, not us. So Jesus himself never really had th- those negatives. It was the people who claim that they're followers of his beliefs that do the negatives that we blame Jesus for. That being said, Jesus, I'm going to vote for Jesus because he his influence in a positive way is in an important history. And then even in the negative way people have taken his teachings have influenced us greatly. Uh, vote for Jesus. It's down to the heathen, Mike. It is all tied up. Which one are you voting for? Uh, let me tell you why I'm down with Jesus. Uh, number one, the the man is is a paradox. He is a dichotomy. Uh, not just in the the religious or theological uh, man and God nature, but here we like like Anthony had had mentioned. Here we have a man whose entire philosophy was one of peace, being the man whose probably name more blood has been shed than any single human being uh, in all of history and will continue to to be so for uh, an indefinite period of time. Uh, even to the fact that in, in this country he is, he is owned by a, a, a religious right, um, an extremely conservative viewpoint for which Jesus is, is everything to them. And yet his actual beliefs and views and philosophies uh, are the complete opposite. I mean, there, there was a joke on Facebook today that Jesus was the leader of Occupy Jerusalem. Um, and, uh, you know, so, so that, those two things, that, that, that he encompasses so much in both his, the truth and the fiction. Or, or, I mean, it's all fiction, really, to some extent. Uh, the wide range of it. And number two, in a physical fight, uh, Jesus has a healing ability. So he's basically like Wolverine. Uh, he cannot die. Uh, even if you beat the shit out of him, which they, they did, <laughs> and pound nails into him, uh, he, he he regenerates. Um, and Henry Ford doesn't, so Jesus just has to wait him out, and uh, he wins. And Jesus takes the win. My new Facebook status is going to be, Jesus is basically Wolverine. <laughs> <laughs> we are on to our next fight. It is Winston Churchill versus Martin Luther King Jr., and it goes to me. Um, I, I will mention this for a, a quick second, just just so uh, people go out and see it or read the book. It's called Slavery by Another Name, which basically implies, well, no, it actually says that slavery didn't end with Lincoln. It actually ended in the 1960s, uh, just just through the institutionalization of what uh, white people did to black people in America. And uh, Martin Luther King Jr. was a, a big part of helping change the way America viewed black people. Um, Winston Churchill, goddamn, he's awesome. Without Churchill, we we would be speaking German. Uh, but without MLK, I'm, I might still be technically a slave. Hell, I might be a slave now. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, Martin Luther King Jr. Uh, Alan. Recently in the Obama White House, there was a, a, a Churchill bust that was a gift from, I don't know, somebody in England. 
and it was replaced with a uh, a Martin Luther King Jr. bust. Now, there's a lot of people that were in uproar uh, about that the replacement, but in reality, the Winston Churchill bust was a a, a short term loan. It wasn't a gift that like it was returned by Obama. It was a short term loan. Um, during World War II. Hey, Damon, didn't you say you had a, a relative that was uh, one of the Tuskegee Airmen? Uh, he taught them how to fly. Yeah. Okay. In, in in as horrible as it was for black people in the just the old days, from our historical perspective right now, just anything before the '60s, institutionalized racism. Black people were still Americans, and I'm not saying they they weren't. Uh, but what, what I'm saying is they they also picked up arms and went to battle for this country against a common enemy with the forces of Winston Churchill. The World War II was a bigger thing than not just racism in America, but a bigger thing than America. The, the more important figure here, I'm not saying what I'm not diminishing what Martin Luther King did in any way, but. World War II was a bigger deal. A vote for Winston Churchill. Anthony. This is a tough one. Um, Alan's arguments about World War II being a bigger thing are rather swaying. You know what's funny? I'm going to interrupt you for a second. Nobody wants to be the white guy on the panel that puts out Martin Luther King. It's okay. You can put out Martin Luther King. I'm giving you an okay. No, he's cool, but he—it's—it's it's, American slavery is short on the timeline. If you look at slavery through slavery throughout the the existence of the planet, and and foreign armies coming and fucking up the rest of the globe, World War II was a bigger thing. And not only that, I think it's bad as fuck that your dad or your uh, your relative was dealing with the uh, Tuskegee thing. I mean, that's true historic, true historic shit, but. If Martin Luther King, what would the what would the country be like if Martin Luther King failed and it would be shitty? What would what would the world look like if Winston Churchill had failed? Good, good, good point. Uh, sorry about that, Anthony. Well, those are all great points, and uh, I'm not afraid to put down Martin Luther King just because I'm white. I do have white guilt. I'll admit that I have white guilt. But um, when I look at things, Martin Luther King is actually one of my heroes. Both of these men stood up at a time of difficulty. But the difference is Churchill almost had to stand up. He was the prime minister at the time. Shit was going down. It w- he had to stand up or get squashed. Martin Luther King chose to stand up. He didn't have to. He didn't have to be the one to spearhead that thing. But he chose that position. Churchill was happened to be there. Um, sure, they both did great things. and uh, But... MLK, I, I'm going to put I'm going to put my vote for MLK just because I felt that he he chose to put himself in that position that was highly confrontational, and it was a difficult position at the time. While Churchill was kind of thrust in that position because he happened to be the leader when this all took place. So I'm going with MLK. A vote for MLK, Mike. The leader was Neville Chamberlain. That was the leader. Winston Churchill came in after Neville Chamberlain totally fucking failed. Um, I, I think Alan's right that uh, that um, Winston Churchill has had a a larger impact on the world uh, because certainly the 
the effect that he had uh, was much more immediate. Um, Martin Luther King's effect, you know, is, it, it, it's kind of harder to judge. And there's a lot of people who would argue that that it 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 really did not uh, accomplish as much, or maybe it, you know, certainly uh, the you know, the, a lot of people who subscribe to Malcolm X's viewpoint um, even more so. Um, and, but I'm going to vote. For Martin Luther King, uh, and I, I wasn't really sure about it, and, and I was going back and forth, but then there was something that Alan said, and even though he made his very, very uh, good and correct plea for Winston Churchill, one of the things that he said at the very beginning was, in Obama's White House, and I realized that that statement alone was kind of proof of the impact that Martin Luther King had. Um, he had a dream, and, you know, maybe a little bit of that dream has come true. A vote for MLK and Greg. Well, I want to thank Mike for bailing me out because this one is going to be almost impossible for me. I was, I'm waffling still, as a matter of fact, even though I, I think... Yeah, there's there's nothing I can do that's going to tip this. A couple things, you know, Martin Luther King um, called for and eventually, you know, lived long enough to see some of those civil rights legislations passed. And the irony is that those legislations had the same exact rules in them that the Reconstruction Amendments had in them, which meant that for almost a hundred years, um, the constitutional amendments meant nothing. It took. It took one more legislative maneuver to make it happen, and we may not be done yet. Since MLK is moving on, I'll save some of those thoughts for then. But to give a little love to Churchill and to put my vote behind Churchill, um, Churchill is way badass cool because you can almost drop him into the movie The Godfather. And, you know, when um, when when The Godfather shows up and tells Tom Hagen he needs to step aside because he's not a wartime consigliere, you know, Winston Churchill is a wartime consigliere. He set a standard for British prime minister, maybe even European prime minister, that um, we haven't seen since and that we didn't see before then and that we desperately needed at that time. We didn't have somebody who in that crucial point of the war could step up and say, I'm going to be this head of state, this person who in another era might have just been hosting dinners with people, um, and I'm going to lead us lead us through a war. Uh, he was the shit. So Ch Churchill. A uh, vote for Winston Churchill but Martin Luther King Jr. is moving on, and we are on to a much easier fight. Alan, this one is yours. It is Jim Henson versus Nikola Tesla. Oh, Jim Henson. The, what? Uh, yeah, Jim Henson. Uh, vote for Jim Henson. Anthony. Uh, this is almost the previous Jim Henson fight where they were both just... When it was Jim Henson versus Galileo, both great creative minds just focused in different directions with it. Um, I'm going to go with Tesla just because I feel that still scientists have not had enough love on this fight. A vote for Tesla. Mike? Uh, it, it's true. Scientists have not have uh, that much love on this fight. But um, you know what? I, I really think we have to give some uh, some attention to to the artists, um, and uh, you know we've we've got some filmmakers on the other side, but here we've got someone whose imagination was uh, was just so tremendous, and and you know we'll we'll get to Disney later, but uh, you know so much of it was was really him and and his stamp, and yeah, but he's he's not had 
probably the the most the most real impact. But you know, again, a lot of this for me is coming down to who's had the most impact on me, and that would be uh, Jim Henson in a variety of of ways. Not the least of which is I was actually before we were recording singing pieces of uh, a Muppet or a Man uh, with nobody around. Another vote for Jim Henson. Um, Greg. Have any of you guys seen the 1970 NBC experiment and television show called The Cube? No. No. It's available on iTunes. Um, I remember seeing it when I was a very little kid. Part improv, part Saturday Night Live sketch, totally surrealist. A guy wakes up in a complete white-paneled cubic room with no ability to exit. There's no door for him. But other people can come in and come out. And they interact with him in very surrealist and Dadaistic ways. There's not a puppet to be seen in the show, but it's a 100% Jim Henson created program. Um, and to me, groundbreaking television, even if it didn't live long enough to be influential, wish Jim Henson had lived long enough to get back to the point of making TV that was for adults only, instead of what he did so brilliantly about making television and movies that were equally for adults and kids. Um, from a pop culture perspective, I think the best thing I could say for Tesla was he inspired a cheesy heavy metal band to create a five-man acoustical jam. So I'm going to go with Henson. A vote for Jim Henson. Uh, wow. I, I could vote for Tesla here or I could pile on for Jim Henson. Uh, for Henson. And uh, I, I'll, I, I'll, I'll vote for Tesla. Uh, even though Henson Henson is moving on, I, I'll talk about Henson maybe in the next round. I don't know. We are on to our next fight, Anthony. This one is yours. It is Jules Verne versus Plato. Jules Verne versus Plato. Um, it's actually kind of tough for me. Um, Jules Verne really represents the only. And say writer on this list, even though Thomas Jefferson wrote the Christian Independence. I mean, as far as just a writer, writer, and Plato is one of the only philosophers left on this list. Um, as far as just impact on history, uh, on the world altogether, I'm gonna have to give it to Plato. A uh, vote for Plato, Mike. Um, th this, this is really tough because, uh, while I love science fiction and, uh, and certainly the, the, the creative, uh, side of, of this fight, um, I'm not really that specifically familiar with Jules Verne. And even though I know, uh, about Plato's place in, in the history of philosophy and, and I remember learning it, um, I remember learning it. I don't remember it now. Uh, I can't tell where he begins and Aristotle and Socrates, and I'm not not real sure who did or said what. Um, so because my my ignorance, and that was, you know, I was kind of worried about this episode because I realized I may basically just showing everybody how uh, how little I really do know and how, how much of the information I have is just mostly probably bullshit that I made up and then thought was true. Um so because I know so little about either one of them, um, I'll just have to go with the one that, that I, I definitely know has had a bigger impact, and, uh, and I think that would be Plato. I mean, uh, 
I may not know why he's, you know, the father of modern thought or whatever, or if it's him, it might be Socrates. I can't tell. Uh, but uh, I, I do know that. So that's uh, kind of had a bigger impact. Uh, vote for Plato. Greg. I think Mike, the Mike, the confusion you got here comes from the fact that I think that Plato is kind of responsible for all three of those thinkers. Um, he preserved the ideas of Socrates in his writings of what Socrates said and did because Socrates himself didn't leave a big you know, written legacy or a big oral tradition legacy outside of what Plato carried on. And Plato was you know, credited as being the, the teacher and mentor of Aristotle. Um, to me, that's a, that's a triple threat. Uh, it's Plato. Another vote for Plato. Um, Jules Verne is the father of modern science fiction. I, I enjoy science fiction. I, I, I'm not a philosopher. I'm voting for Jules Verne. <laughs> Sorry. Alan? I'm voting for Plato. Nah. Uh, and Plato moves on in a uh, fast. Uh, we are on to our next fight, Mike. This one is yours. It is Leonardo da Vinci versus Julius Caesar. Hmm, a tough one. Um, well, uh, like we said, not a lot of of scientists have been uh, have been well represented, and and Leonardo is a scientist. Uh, as much as he's an artist, he's a, a scientist, an inventor. Um, you know, he he is where the phrase, basically, what the phrase "Renaissance man" represents. Um, you know, Caesar has had a bigger influence, but a bigger influence by basically being a, a tyrant and a conqueror, and uh, one of many tyrants and conquerors. Yeah, he was pretty good at it. Um, but uh, you know, I. Even though their influence may be great for me, I think the the impact in the long term is going to be decided by those uh, who who have brought new ways of of thinking and uh, and and learning and understanding the universe more than those who have basically just tried to destroy everything around them. Uh, vote for Da Vinci, Greg. You know, as a relative newcomer to the show, the first geek fight I ever heard was the Best Family episode, and the criterion used there a couple of times was which one of these would put on the best Thanksgiving dinner. I think Leonardo da Vinci would put on a much better Thanksgiving dinner. Leo. A vote for da Vinci. Um, no, you are absolutely wrong. There would be whores, male and female. There'd be any... Hundreds of different types of food from all across the Roman Empire. Um, da Vinci, if we're going Thanksgiving dinner, it's got to be the emperor of the known world for a short period of time, Julius Caesar. Alan? Um, man, this is, I, I looked it up. The Star Trek episode I was talking about is Requiem for Methuselah. <laughs> Leonardo da Vinci actually is an eternal space alien that was not only da Vinci, but like a bunch of other people that did a bunch of other stuff. Um, so he has superior science fiction space alien technology and would just fucking hit Caesar with a, a fucking phaser in, in transport away. So 
it, it's Da Vinci. It, it's Da Vinci all the way, as much as I am a fan of the movie Caligula. A vote for Da Vinci and his appearances on Voyager. Uh, and Anthony. Um, I think it's already been decided with the voting, but I just want to share one of my favorite stories about the, one of the things that may have happened to Julius Caesar. He was ill, and they believe he had dysentery. And uh, there was a time when the Roman Senate just came together and they voted to make Julius Caesar a god. He was now a god. And uh, after they did that, it would have been customary and polite for Julius Caesar to stand up and give his thanks to the Senate. But he did not. And it was a grave insult to the Senate. They thought it was him being smug. Well, now he has this power. Now we're nothing. But it's believed now that because of his dysentery, he had simply shit himself and was afraid to stand up and show that. Um, which I just, I just love the great, powerful Julius Caesar shit himself in front of thousands of people and didn't want to stand up to embarrass himself. But that being said, I'm going to vote for Leonardo da Vinci like the majority of the panel. And I'll save my reasons on that till later. And Da Vinci is moving on. We are on to our next fight. It's a battle of the presidents. Greg, this one is yours. It is Dwight D. Eisenhower versus Thomas Jefferson. Really, really like both of these guys. So this is tricky. Uh, in addition to a lot of the political philosophy that Jefferson brought, um, his influence on the revolution, his ability to change the shape of the country with the Louisiana Purchase, um, turn us into no longer being just a bunch of colonies, but you know, really truly crossing this continent. Um, so I think he had a, a huge influence on where we are today from much further back in history. As far as Eisenhower goes, there's two interesting arguments that could be made for why his, his eight years in office were so relatively peaceful. Part of it is, give the man some credit for leading a peacetime presidency. We don't see that very often. And maybe a lot of the fact that we have a, a World War II general who you know is a straight talker and um, delivers on his pledges is part of it. But you know, he identified the crucial problem facing us in this world today. He called it out in a farewell address. He knew that we would be having all this problem for these intervening decades where our budget is messed up right now more because we're trying to be the policemen of the world and our military budget is, you know, 10 times bigger than all of our, all the next four or five countries, but military budgets combined. Um, he, he knew it and was unable to do anything about it. And I don't think you can pin that same tale on, on Thomas Jefferson. I think the things that Jefferson was able to foresee, he was able to influence. So Jefferson. A uh, vote for TJ. A uh, vote for Thomas Jefferson. Thomas Jefferson was a great president, but uh, I, I can, um, I think he has an impact on my life. Uh, but I, I know that Eisenhower did. Like it, I, I know my, my father was born during Eisenhower's run. Like it, he was there. So I don't know. I, I just like Eisenhower more. I, I like the fact that he. He is the last peacetime president. Eight years. Well, no, because at the beginning there was the Korean War. Everybody forgets about that shit or the Korean conflict, whatever you want to call it. But for the most part, his presidency is rather peaceful. Um, and there's only one other president that can say that. And I think that's uh, Henry. F what is it? Uh, Gerald Ford. <laughs> uh, Gerald Ford and, uh, and Carter. I don't think that. Oh, no, Carter had conflicts, too. But uh yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to vote for Eisenhower. I don't know why. I just like him a little bit better. Uh, Alan. 
yeah, you can't. Anybody that uh, looks at modern political presences within, like, uh, I'm I'm around forty, a little over forty. you know, so you had to kind of Reagan. My era was like Reagan, Bush one, Clinton, Bush two, Obamula. Um, Eisenhower, was, was, he, for an executive executive dude, he was really doing some cool stuff. Uh, he kept the he kept the uh, the ship sailing straight, and he uh, he did a good job, but. And you can't slide him and say, hey, he didn't have this horrible crisis to deal with and came out on top. Um, you can't hold that against him. But Thomas Jefferson wasn't in it. The guy was an innovator. I mean, comparing the two, I'm a total Eisenhower fan, but the raw innovation of Jefferson, uh, or as I like to say, Tom Jameson, uh, you can't, uh, you, there's no comparison. It's Tom Jameson all the way. Another vote for Jefferson. Anthony. Both of these men were great presidents. Both men I would definitely vote for today if they were alive and were running for presidency. Um, Thomas Jefferson saw us through the purchase of the Louisiana Purchase. He, to to harken back to something earlier with uh, the Jesus vote about being a moral man, Jefferson wrote something called the Jefferson Bible, and which is ballsy for an American political figure to do, where he actually took the, the Bible, the Gospels, and rewrote it. He took away all the divinity of Jesus. He took away all that stuff and simply wrote about the moral teachings and the life of the man, Jesus of Nazareth. And if a politician did that today, they would be crucified. Literally, they would drag him out and crucify him like Jesus. But Jefferson did that. It just his standpoints on freedom and liberty. I feel like I identify more with Jefferson, and his influence as a whole has been greater on my life and the life of the of the average Americans. Going with Jefferson. A vote for TJ and Mike. Uh, well, since Jefferson has already won, I will uh, I will vote for Ike for for one reason. In uh, in the Revolutionary War, uh, Jefferson was uh, a, a very important figure. But now, again, this may be my my ignorance to history. Did he actually fight in the war? Like Washington was a general, he was no, out he, there getting shot a at. Politician. Washington so Jefferson, was really the only politician that fought in the Revolutionary War. So, the rest, like John Adams and Sam Adams, were just the people fighting for the liberties back home. Okay. So so. so he did not actually shoot any redcoats, but Eisenhower killed Nazis. He was in the business of killing Nazis, and business was booming. So, <laughs> not not only that, like we we talked about how great Winston Churchill was, but if it wasn't for Eisenhower's plans. Uh, D-Day doesn't happen. D-Day doesn't go down. There's all kinds of stuff that Eisenhower did. But it doesn't matter. Thomas Jefferson is moving on. And we are on to our next fight. It is Walt Disney versus Alfred Hitchcock. Um, who am I going to go for? Uh, which one? I'll go Disney. Well, no. I like Hitchcock more, but I, yeah, I'll go Disney. Uh, Alan. Here's, uh... I was kind of talking about this a little bit earlier. Um, 
and the the fight here isn't um necessarily between Hitchcock and Disney the the, uh, the 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 contest here to me is Hitchcock versus Rod Sterling and this is all pertaining to to uh, that's kind of a little sub thing in movie impact versus movie impact and Walt Disney stuff I'm not saying they're not great uh, animated works of art because they are but Hitchcock's influence the um uh, the twisted and unpredictable story stylings that he does, you guys, everybody, you guys really have to go back and get the uh, Alfred Hitchcock Presents TV series. It's phenomenal. Um, it's great stories. Not only that, they're great stories on sparse production, almost like how Reservoir, if, you know, the movie Reservoir Dogs was like basically on like three different sets. The the Hitchcock Presents show a lot of times is a uh, radio or TV shows that are on like one, sometimes two sets. And then they have the miscellaneous where they're kind of out in public and stuff. Um, the creativity of Hitchcock um, continues today in, in almost every horror movie you watch. That twist at the end, the uh, – man, I didn't see that coming. But done in a clever way. Um, a shocking way that's intellectually shocking as well as cinematically. And um, it, it's Hitchcock all the way, guys. I mean, I like Disney and Disney is very Disney and like, oh, you know, here comes, a, here's a princess and here's a fucking, and she meets the prince and everything's here. Uh, it works out at the end. Hitchcock shit is legitimately, legitimately chilling. And those styles are imitated even today. So it's Hitchcock. A vote for Alfred Hitchcock. Anthony, tell Alan and the rest of us why he's wrong about Walt Disney. <laughs> That's funny. Um, both of these men are great in their, their medium, the movie making. Uh, both, you hear the name Disney or you hear the name Hitchcock, immediate things pop to your mind. That, that's how big they, they've become. Um, the, the difference between the two is Hitchcock was an amazing movie maker. Like Alan was saying it with the... He has this twist in modern horror you can trace back to Hitchcock, but Disney goes beyond movies. He, he's influenced almost every entertainment medium there is. Uh, back before there was a full-length featured animated movie, even though Disney didn't do the first, they did the first in color and in sound. The, to get that movie made, they had to put all of the finances of the Disney company into that, and then Walt took all of his own personal finances to make that happen because he, he wanted to do, he wanted to do the next big thing. He was never satisfied. It's uh, one of the things people don't realize about Disney is that when they started doing the full length animated features, he suddenly lost interest in it and he kind of let the lackeys take over and he would kind of watch over it. But then he was onto the next big thing. He was doing Disneyland, which is another one of those things where he put his own personal money into to make happen. And if it failed, he would be the guy on the street begging for money. He'd be completely out. He risked everything for Snow White, everything for Disneyland. He influenced the nature documentaries, the first nature documentaries, like I mentioned before, are from Walt Disney. Uh, modern entertainment would not be a, a fraction of what it is today if it had not been for Walt Disney and the stuff he pioneered and pushed forward. The way animated films look, they... Uh, he developed the multi-plane camera, which gives movies their uh, anime movies their depth. The Fantasound sound and 3D surround sound were all things Disney pioneered. Um, we can go back to talking about how 
important World War II was with Churchill uh, spearheading the way. Well, many people don't realize is that here in America, Disney's to keep his corporation alive and to help promote the war effort, changed the gears of the Walt Disney Company to produce war films, uh, training films for the military men and propaganda films for the U.S. There's actually a film called Victory Through Air Power that uh, Walt Disney produced, which was the movie that changed America's fighting stance from one of ground-based military to the importance of having air power. Walt Disney literally influenced the course of World War II. So it's going to be Walt Disney. A vote for Disney. Uh, Mike? Uh, I will vote for Walt Disney because um, the Alfred Hitchcock Corporation does not own Marvel Comics. Disney gets another vote. And Greg? Yeah, I want to give a little bit of love to Hitchcock here. Um, I agree with with Alan. As good as the... um, Alfred Hitchcock TV show was the wonderful world of Disney TV show was on at the same time. And I think we sometimes get fooled into thinking that everything Walt Disney did was pure gold. A lot of the earliest cartoons, particularly the ones before Bambi, you know, not all that easy on the eyes. And and I viewed the Sunday evening um, Walt, Walt White World of Disney show as, as just tedious, required family viewing that was more often than not all not all that entertaining, unless it was bringing something theatrical back and putting it on TV in that time slot. And Hitchcock did his part for the war effort in a much more limited way because um, at the time being in in England, he didn't have the resources, but he made a couple of, of similar type of propaganda films, uh, Aventure Malgash being one of them, where he really did everything in his power to sort of support the Allied effort, and particularly the French resistance movement. Um, I think that Hitchcock uh, really changed the way films are made. And if I'm going to go to a movie today, um, if it's not something the quality of Toy Story, if it's anything besides Toy Story 3, uh, and it's come out of Disney in the last five or six years, I'm not interested. But most of the movies I do watch, I watch because they're Hitchcockian. A vote for Alfred Hitchcock. But, well, Frozen Head Disney is moving on. We are on to our next spot. If I, it's for a spot in the Final Four. Uh, both of them talk to God. Maybe. It is Joan of Arc versus Jesus. Alan, that one is yours. Oh, man. I've never been a sinner. I've never sinned. I've got a friend named Jesus, ladies and gentlemen. Was that your weird way of voting for Jesus? You guys aren't familiar with that song, Spirit yes. Sky? Yes. Oh, yeah. I was actually thinking about making that the outro of Jesus One. Oh, Lord. <laughs> uh, Anthony. Uh, the interesting thing about uh, this fight, besides what you mentioned, Damon, both of them talking to God, is that this fight is kind of an example of what I was talking about before with in the Jesus versus Henry Ford fight, where Jesus had this very loving, um, nonviolent message. But then you have Joan of Arc, who claims to be the messenger of God, with this very violent, we need to kill the English and get them out of here message. So it's really the the peaceful message perverted is what Joan of Arc has done. And then you have Jesus who delivered the peaceful message. As far as in long-term overreaching effect of their influence on history, Jesus is the greater influence uh, rather than Joan of Arc. Another vote for Jesus. Mike. 
um, Joan of Arc uh, became a saint, right? Yeah, my, my yeah. Catholicism is not that good, but is, is she's a saint? Yes, saint. she's a yes. saint. Now. Um, uh, Jesus is a son of God. Son of God outranks saint. Another vote for Jesus, uh, Greg. Well, I'm going to go along similar lines. I, I'm not Catholic myself, and I realize that Joan told everybody that she was receiving these inspirations through previous saints. But when it comes right down to it, um, you know, Jesus deserves a little bit of credit if Joan was telling the truth, because um, where was she getting these messages from if not the Son of God? So um, Jesus is a—he's kind of rigged this one on both sides of the bracket. So I got to give it to him. Another vote for Jesus. I'm going to T-bow it up real quick. And I'm going to vote for Joan of Arc uh, because in 2,000 years, who knows? People might have based a religion on Joan of Arc because Jesus claimed he talked to God. Joan of Arc claimed that she talked to God. Like, they're very similar figures, and we only have, there's only, what, 400 years in between us and Joan of Arc as opposed to 2,000 years between us and Jesus? So... Who knows, in another 1,600 years, Joan of Arc might be the, the messiah of a new religion. Um, Jesus had a religion uh, pretty much right after he died. And yeah, kind of during, technically. Yeah, about <laughs> 200 years later. Yeah. Hey, I, I'm just saying, it could happen. Jesus is in the final four. Jesus. And that wasn't, uh, that wasn't it. That was it. Never mind. <laughs> On to our next fight. Anthony, this one is yours. It is... Versus Jim Henson. Okay, this one's actually easy for me, but I don't think it's the way people think. I'm going to vote for Jim Henson, and I'm going to tell you why. Through Jim Henson's works uh, with Muppets and other things. Well, while I, I, I respect Martin Luther King, and he's one of my heroes, it was actually through the Muppets and other Jim Henson creations that I feel that I really learned that it was okay to be different, that it didn't matter what color you were, if you were a monster, or if you were a frog or a pig, that it, everyone could get along. And uh, that, that may sound hokey, but as a kid, Jim Henson has influenced me more into my adult life for being a accepting uh, person. So I'm going to go with Jim Henson. Uh, vote for Jim Henson. Uh, Mike, you know I'm I'm glad I'm going second here because this way I uh, I don't get to be the the white guy that votes out Martin Luther King, but just thinking about it in terms of the next fight, Martin Luther King versus Jesus is really the the same message kind of delivered by two different people, um, and and one of them you know Martin Luther King was a a, a Christian uh, reverend. Um, so really just because I think Jesus versus Jim Henson makes a much more interesting fight in the next round, I'm voting for Jim Henson. Another vote for Jim Henson. Greg. I got a feeling that now's the time if I want to make a passionate plea for Martin Luther King Jr. I, I think I'm a little bit surprised he got past Winston Churchill, but you know, the thing about Martin Luther King, there was some talk about whether his influence was solely limited to America and to a, a, a narrow interest of, of slavery or, you know, uh, the relations between minorities and majorities. I think that those words still resonate today and they matter not just here, but potentially around the world. Um, reading recently his 1963 letter from a Birmingham jail where he takes the white 
middle class to task, and specifically white Protestant churches to task, if you supplant all references he makes to the rights of Negroes and, and replace it with gays and lesbians, or replace it with, um, with the poor non-represented immigrant, or any other group, um, what Martin Luther King had to say is every bit as relevant right now as it ever was then. And the only way you're ever going to reach, if you can possibly reach, some of the more bigoted people who call themselves Christians today is if you put them face-to-face -face with a Christian and make them argue it out on their own terms. Uh, the religious right doesn't listen to Jesus anymore, but they might ju just listen to Martin Luther King. So, MLK. I'll vote for Martin Luther King. Um... I'm upset right now that there is a possibility that Jim Henson can go on because if we were going to vote out Martin Luther King, it would have been much more respectable for him to go out against Winston Churchill than fucking Jim Henson. I'm sorry. Jim Henson is great. Not nearly the, the impact that Martin Luther King has had on your everyday life. I know you love the Muppets. But the message of the Muppets is the message that Jim Henson was that Jim Henson, Martin Luther King was saying. It was the the we're all the same shit, and then and then Jim Henson disseminated that and changed it into Muppets. Like, it, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Jim. Hen There's no way I can vote for Jim Henson over Martin Luther King. I'm uh, I just can't. Like, if it was Churchill. Fuck yeah, I can. I can go that crazy train there. Uh, I'm not boarding this crazy train. It is all tied up. It comes down to you, Alan. Which one takes the win? <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> okay, I wish Brian was here. I wish I had Brian's cell number because I'd call him up and, and help have him help me make Negro jokes. Yeah. Man. Uh <laughs> I'm holding myself. I'm trying to hold myself back here. Okay, I, I, I'm taking the cheap way out because you know what? If you don't vote for Martin Luther King, then you don't like Negroes. That's coming across bad. I'm drunk, but uh, Martin Luther King is the more important figure over Jim Henson for sure. Um, it, it, Jim Henson is a greater artistic um, artistic figure, but. It, like Damon said, he's riffing on the uh, the anti. Um, we're all the same type of thing. He, he's riffing on that, and it's really good. You know, the Sesame Street thing is a made great social impact, but it was not. It would not have happened if it wasn't for the uh, civil rights movement. And and whoever said I can't remember who was saying the gay rights thing. No, that, that's a whole different thing. That's a whole different thing to compare people that that uh, that are gay. And and I'm not saying that there you should people should be uh, um, discount that. You know, I know there is. Uh, uh, intolerance for that, that's not the same as the racial thing. The, the racial thing is a, a much a much bigger issue. Um, uh, but it, Mar I'm going to choose Martin Luther King, aside from my horrible and uh, not coming off quite as funny as I thought, uh, Negro jokes. Well, just saying Negro jokes is hilarious. Negro. <laughs> I haven't heard that. I haven't heard that for quite a while. It's, it's like calling Hispanic people Chicano. Uh, actually, my... my I I don't have a problem with Negro or uh, nigger. I'm not going to say N-word anymore. I'm just going to say nigger. 
my my problem has always been with colored because it's you're making an effort. You're just not going far enough. You're an asshole if you call somebody colored. Uh, but Martin Luther King is moving on, and we are on to our next fight. Mike, this one is yours. It is Plato versus Leonardo da Vinci. Hmm, this is a, a very interesting matchup. Um, I will go with Leonardo da Vinci. Um, because, uh, as I mentioned, I don't know Plato as well. Um, I know a lot more about uh, da Vinci, uh, both uh, as a scientist and and also as an artist. I mean, that's a, we can't, also can't forget that. Um, you know, the Mona Lisa is one of the most famous paintings in the world. Um, so, uh, yeah, I will vote for uh, Leonardo because he's a great artist uh, and a great inventor. <laughs> and also, he was, um, he was one of those... Uh, Illuminati dudes that actually ran the world from behind the scenes. Uh, vote for Leonardo da Vinci. Greg? If I was going to take a deep dive into either one of these two men's work, it would be Plato. A vote for Plato. Um... I, I think it's one of those things where you, you, you technically have to take a deep dive for Plato. Uh, da Vinci is in our everyday life. There's all kinds of stuff that Every day we know about. Hell, uh, just a couple weeks ago, uh, if I'm not mistaken, they found a uh, a new Mona Lisa. If I'm not mistaken, it's not a new Mona Lisa. It's, it was done by what they think is one of his pupils, and it might have been before Leonardo did the Mona Lisa. So it might be the Mona Lisa before the Mona Lisa, which is, is kind of awesome. And the fact that it's intriguing now... I couldn't tell you anything about Plato. Uh, I know shit tons about Leonardo da Vinci, uh, mostly because of Ninja Turtles. But I'm voting for Leonardo da Vinci. Uh, Alan. Oh, man. Okay. Okay, I got a direct question for for Damon here. Okay, now, up until this point, has there only been one Mona Lisa? Yeah, there there was the original, and then lots and lots and lots of fakes and other people. uh, Oh, okay. This is kind of a side. This is going to go off in a goofy, goofy area. There's a Doctor Who episode where Tom Baker goes back in time, and he was good friends with Leonardo da Vinci, and he is that because Leonardo was a space alien? No, no, no. This is a different Leonardo. No, no. This is the actual Leonardo, not the Star Trek Leonardo. But but Tom Baker goes back and uh, spray paints or paints fraud like on these blank canvases in like an invisible paint that Leonardo da Vinci actually paints multiple. Like he actually has like five different Mona Lisas. Man, I cannot remember that episode. Um, And when he comes back to normal time, this Mona Lisa this person has, uh, like, hey, if you look at it with an X-ray or whatever the hell, you'll see fake. Oh, no, he wrote fake. You'll see fake like written on on the painting. but the interesting thing of this Tom Baker episode is obviously from the 70s, they were like at least four or five of these Mona Lisas. So if they found a second uh, Mona Lisa in modern times here, um, that the the forward-looking um, writing <laughs> psychic abilities of uh, of Doctor Who is, is affecting us at this very moment. Not only that, all you guys that are saying Plato, you guys are actually saying – not play with a T, play toe. You guys are saying play doh, like D D O H. So you guys are even using the right word. So I'm voting leader on Da Vinci. Another vote for Da Vinci and Anthony. 
Um, I believe uh, Leonardo's already won this fight. So I'm going to save my arguments for Leonardo and just vote for Leonardo. And Da Vinci gets another vote. And for the last spot, the final four, Greg, this one is yours. It is Thomas Jefferson versus Walt Disney. Um, you know, I, I really enjoy Disney. I've been to Disney World a couple of times. That's certainly a plus one to his credit that he's, you know, again, established in some ways established the theme park that we know today. But, you know, there was a key moment in time when Annette Funicello, who was one of the Mouseketeers, wanted to appear in a in a one of the beach movies, Beach Blanket Bingo or what have you. And, um, you know, Walt Disney almost forbade her from appearing and didn't sign the contract to let her act in the other show because he uh, he wanted to make sure he could put a stipulation in that no one see her belly button. The guy was you know, a little bit hung up, kind of a prude in ways that Thomas Jefferson certainly was not. So in terms of uh, sexual emotional maturity, I'll vote for Jefferson. Uh, vote for Thomas Jefferson. Uh, Jefferson liked them big booty black girls. He did. He, he had sex with at least one. Uh, I don't know about Walt Disney. Uh, but we've got... We've got Couple religious guys, an artist. I'm gonna go artist. I'm gonna go Walt Disney. That's an artist, artist. Uh, Alan, Thomas Jameson. Another vote for Jefferson. Anthony. Oh wow. Um. Obviously, I'm a I'm a huge Disney fan. I made that bit of an impassioned uh, argument last round. And well, well, to to correct the Walt Disney was a prude thing a little bit. He had the public image of a prude, but Disney himself was not a prude. He was known to be a heavy drinker and smoker, and he cursed and all sorts of. He had he had no problems just going off on someone and screaming and cursing. And they said you could hear him walking down the animation building because you'd hear his coughing from ten minutes before he made it to your destination, and he died of lung cancer. So there you go, but. Uh, Jefferson, to me, is historically more significant. Walt Disney pioneered a lot in entertainment, but Jefferson has influenced the way we live our lives as a whole. And when, but to me, he, for me, he's the greatest uh, American figurehead we have. He's the symbol of what America should have turned out to be. So I'm going with Jefferson. Uh, another vote for Jefferson and Mike. You know, it's interesting. I was, I was looking at the brackets the way you were also that on one side we have, you know, the, the kind of spiritual, religious uh, men of peace. And uh, what, what would be an interesting way to, uh, to have this bracket end up? And, and yeah, the artist and artist was, was kind of the first thing I saw. But then I realized, well, it's not just artist versus artist. You also look at Leonardo uh, he was, uh, as I mentioned, one of the Illuminati, the men who run the world from behind the scenes, as was Thomas Jefferson, though that's more of the Freemason Illuminati running the world from behind the scenes. Uh, and both were uh, Renaissance men uh, because they both could do a wide variety of things. Uh, they were both great in, in many, many aspects. And uh, so I will vote for Thomas Jefferson. A vote for TJ, and Thomas Jefferson is moving on. We've got our final four. 
<laughs> Finally, it is Jesus versus Martin Luther King Jr. and Leonardo da Vinci versus Thomas Jefferson. I'm so tired, I almost said DiCaprio. Uh, we've got Jesus versus Martin Luther King Jr. That's me. Um, on my everyday life, I, I'll use it right now. Everyday life, it, it, Martin Luther King has had a, a much greater impact than Jesus. I'm a heathen. Uh, so I'm going to be voting for Martin Luther King Jr. Alan? Well, G, you know, like the Catholics, hey, if Jesus told Martin Luther King, hey, God told me to have you suck my dick, Martin Luther King would have to do it. So, Jesus. Oh, vote for Jesus. Anthony? Um, this is tough because at the core, they both had kind of the same message where can't we all just love each other and forget all the other stupid nonsense? Uh, Martin Luther King kind of wouldn't have his stance if it wasn't for people that predated him like Jesus building. He stood on the shoulders of giants before him. Um, that being said, um, I have to go with Martin Luther King this time around because... Because you're a racist if you don't. No, that's not it at all. No, Jesus was black, so we're cool there. I thought he yeah, was a Jew. Go. He was a Jew, but uh, either way, <clears throat> I'm going to go with Martin Luther King. I'm only vo I, I'm voting for the Jesus from the Good Times episode, Black Jesus. Because Martin Luther King influenced modern life heavily, and like Greg was mentioning before with this letter, you can you can transplant any group into his letter not just black people but as a whole you can do you can do the gay and lesbian sure the struggle is not quite the same but the message still comes across that it's important that we don't look at people differently that everyone's a human and mlk for that another vote for martin luther king jr mike uh i am going to vote for for jesus and and uh, the reason why is is kind of interesting, and really it, it, it's been mentioned in many different ways throughout this fight. Um, you know, I, I said before that, you know, Jesus uh, was both a, a, a left-wing person, uh, but then, you know, the right-wing, you know, sees kind of a right-wing Jesus. Um, you know, the man of peace in many eyes was this kind of warrior. Um, you know... We joke. You mentioned earlier that Thomas Jefferson had his own Bible. I mean, he basically creates a non-divine Jesus. You know, we've already mentioned a black Jesus, and then there's the uh, Leonardo da Vinci. You know, painted a blonde-haired, blue-eyed Jesus, and there's a Gnostic Jesus, and there's a Jesus on South Park. I mean, it's really become the the historical figure, the man. And you even specified on here, calling you know, say, saying it was Jesus of Nazareth because you didn't want it to be this sort of Jesus as as God or anything like that, the religious aspect. But there's there's a basically there's a Jesus for everyone because it's kind of bigger than just being a person. It's being an idea, and uh, very very few people in history have been able to to do that have been able to become something much more you even mentioned earlier that uh his story was the same as horace and other people and that just kind of shows it's it's transcended into into mythology now for some that mythology is is academic for others that mythology is is hardcore 
you know, truth uh, and, and any evidence to the contrary be damned, um, literally. So, uh, you know, just in the grand scheme of things, Jesus, I mean, Jesus is, uh, he was one of the, one of the great one-named guys. Uh, vote for Jesus. It is all tied up in Jesus, Greg. You have to decide it. <laughs> you know, one of the things that these guys have in common with a few other people on this list, Galileo being one, Martin Luther, another obvious one, maybe Joan of Arc, is overturning the culture in which they stood by, by holding to principles that they knew to be true or that they believed that they could prove. And, um, you know, you know, the Catholic Church hasn't been what it was since Luther. Um, Martin Luther King certainly changed our society and deserves all the credit I was going to, I conferred upon him last time. I I believe that, you know, using his words, you know, whatever he may call that disenfranchised group, um, it's an inspiration, even if the inspiration may not per- fit perfectly or be appropriate. But at the end of the day, I think the common denominator in all of those conflicts is that um, Jesus you know, didn't do it first. But Jesus is the one that King would have referred to as his inspiration. Certainly that Martin Luther would have referred to as his inspiration. And, um, you know, actually, you know, had some balls too. Pretty much on his way out said, you know what, within the next 35, 40 years, everything you see is going to be gone. Um, This temple is going to be destroyed. Your way of life is going to be over. The few of you who survived are going to be dispersed to the corners of the earth. Say goodbye to the Jewish age. Say goodbye to sacrifices. Uh, That's a pretty bold prediction to make. And, um, Thanks to the Roman Empire, it turned out to be true. Jesus. And Jesus is into the finals. Uh, Who is he going to go up against? Alan, you get to decide that. It is Leonardo da Vinci versus Thomas Jefferson. The obvious choice here (laughs) is Tom Jameson. I don't even need to explain it. I would explain it, but I'm so shocked and disgusted by all you racists that didn't vote for Martin Luther King Jr. on the other side of the bracket. Fuck you guys. You're the one that voted for Jesus first. (laughs) I was trying to develop some geek spite. Oh, okay. I'm just making sure you just realize that you're the one that spearheaded the Jesus movement uh, on the other side. But you voted for Thomas Jefferson, your uncle. Um... Anthony. Well, um, Leonardo, great scientist, great inventor, artist. Uh, there's plans that he drew up that we can we found that he basically designed a, a, a mobile armored vehicle. He designed a tank. He designed a tank in the Renaissance. He he did things that Jules Verne is credited for doing. Where he somehow predicted the future, but Leonardo did that even earlier. He developed flying machines and mobile vehicles, and he he was just this. He was ahead of his time by leaps and bounds. Um, but Jefferson once again is responsible for the modern thought of what America is supposed to be, of what freedom is supposed to be. He's the one that he fought tooth and nail for separation of church and state. He fought for the right to, to speak to, to the freedom of speech. Um, he butted heads with Alexander Hamilton, who was a warrior and they, they were known for getting to just heated arguments. So while Jefferson may have been an Nancy boy, he wasn't afraid to stand up against the warriors like Hamilton. So I have to give it to Jefferson. He is the ideal freedom fighter in my eyes. A vote for Thomas Jefferson. Mike. 
Yeah, I uh, I am also going to vote for Thomas Jefferson. Um, he is uh, an American, uh, so you know that's a big plus. Uh, and also, you know, Da Vinci was a brilliant man, a terrific artist. Uh, and if you look at a lot of the ideas that he's had, he's 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 as famous for this as he is for his art. But there's he left so many things unfinished. And so many of his ideas were were great ideas and sketched out and drawn, but but not really fully realized a lot of them. A lot of his brilliance um poured out but but really failed to manifest in in action in a lot of ways. Um Jefferson, just as great a thinker, just as great an idea man. Maybe he was not an inventor and a scientist necessarily, although he certainly uh, was was very well educated and very knowledgeable in those areas. But uh, you know, he created something that that we basically call the United States of America in in very uh, you know metaphoric ways in terms of, of drafting what we what we say and and the heart of America and and the Louisiana Purchase was you know just a, a real just physically transformed this nation in, into something uh, a small area of land into a gigantic area of land um so yeah Jefferson uh he really his his impact uh, on the world is very literal and tangible uh whereas uh da Vinci's is is a little bit more cerebral and uh and Interesting ideas, but that never really kind of fully materialized. Uh, vote for Thomas Jefferson. Greg? You know, part of me is uncomfortable about being nationalistic enough to, to go with the American, for one thing. And for another, you know, Jefferson wasn't alone. I, I really think, you know, Thomas Paine and, and some other guys are right up there with him in terms of the influence that they had on the political idea of America. Jefferson, of course, was able to actually take that and lead, you know, becoming president, uh, literally signing his name on a on a death warrant in the Declaration of Independence, but kind of put his money where his mouth was. Um, on the other side of the fence with Leo, you know, one of the things Leonardo you know, da Vinci's credited for is a lot of medical ideas. And again, some of those medical ideas that, you know, were provisional a little bit. He was a Renaissance man. That wasn't the only thing he was doing. But I'm the only member of my family who's never worked in a hospital. So I'm going to vote against Da Vinci and put my vote to Jefferson. Another vote for Jefferson. I'm not making a clean sweep. Uh, I'm voting for the Italian because it really does suck that we have two Americans in the finals. Uh, uh, sorry, <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's that's just an American joke. If you if you live here, uh, you would believe that Jesus was an American. Uh, the Mormons do. Like I said, everybody gets their own Jesus. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> I am slightly disappointed with the finals coming up here because it would have been nice to have a joke about Jefferson possibly being MLK's great-grandfather. See? <laughs> oh, that would have been awesome. But uh, it is, uh, we are at our finals. It is Jesus versus Thomas Jefferson. Um, Anthony, that one is yours. Oh, happy day. Um, wow. Both. What's fucking with your mic? Yeah, I dropped my headset. Sorry. Both have uh, are gr both have had great things already said about them. I don't know if there's that much more that can be said about either of them. Um, then don't. I guess my only argument left will be that Jefferson 
that if it was not for Jefferson uh, spearheading uh, the, the various freedoms, a show like Geek Fights right now could not exist. Uh, vote for Thomas Jefferson. Mike? Uh, I am also going to vote for Thomas Jefferson for uh, kind of the weakest, most cop-out reason, which would be, you know, it would it would just be kind of strange for, you know, if we come all this way and say Jesus was the greatest historical figure, we would kind of almost sound like we were a, a, a religious or a Christian podcast. Um, and uh, and we're, we are so far from that. Uh, but but I was actually kind of worried who who could beat Jesus in the end. And it's like, well, okay, well, if we go Jefferson, then at least we can be a patriotic podcast, uh, even if we are a bunch of heathens. And I guess that uh, that is a, the safest enough bet because he certainly is a liberal himself. Uh, and because he's a founding father, uh, pretty much nobody can bitch at us because he won. A vote for Jefferson. Uh, Greg? Of course, the greatest prank you could possibly play would be to pick Jesus and thereby uh, throw some sort of a Dadaist, you know, twist at the end. Um, you know, a lot of negative baggage can be laid at the feet of of Jesus, and I think that makes him somewhat more interesting to me as a as an historical figure. You wonder. Uh, we always talk about how much we're we're mythologizing Jesus. I wonder how much we're mythologizing Thomas Jefferson. A bit. We have much better records, but we don't really dwell on anything too negative from from his past. And I'll just drop the Gandhi quote on and and cast my vote for Jesus uh, with uh, Gandhi saying, "You know what? The problem with Christianity is your Christians. I love your Christ. I hate your Christians." I don't think that there's any real downside to Jesus as a best historical figure. A vote for Jesus. Uh, I believe I have voted against Jesus in every single round because I am a heathen. Um, but I'm going to vote for Jesus here because who can beat Jesus? Nobody. And it, w it would be great if the best historical figure turns out to be somebody who technically is somewhat fictional, mostly fictional. Like we know Thomas Jefferson was alive. Uh, we've got stories of a guy who told somebody else the story of a guy who told somebody else the story of a guy. And then the fifth guy in the generation wrote it down and put his spin on it. And then somebody translated it. And then, yeah, I'm going to go with Jesus. You know what they call that? Jesus. History. Christianity. History. <laughs> it is all tied up. It comes down to you, Alan. Which one takes the win? Oh, man. Am I fucked up right now? <laughs> uh, you're, you're basically okay. in Judas's shoes. <laughs> now, first of all, all you guys talking about Jesus and Jesus would do this and he would think this, you guys are pulling that out of your ass just as much as you guys are all pulling all the Play-Doh talk out of your ass. You know what the hell you're talking about? But the whole Jesus thing, you're basically making shit up and just saying like, oh, yeah. <laughs> Um, the other thing is, uh, Jesus wasn't real guys. <laughs> now a not real person versus everybody kind of pretending that this person was a real person versus a real person, namely Tom Jameson. <laughs> and not only that, if Jesus lost, he would just say he wanted to lose and he lost to make up for your sins. So Jesus wins either way. And that's why I'm picking 
for Mariachi Misterioso, Anthony, I'm choosing Jesus. Jesus. What? And Pab's Blue Ribbon. Jesus is taking the win. Oh, my. Yes. This is why I didn't want to put Jesus on the list in the first place, Mike. <laughs> the only reason he's on here is because of Mike. And Jesus did take the win. Uh, I will very quickly say everything we need to say. Thanks for listening. Check out our friends at BacklotD.com, DVDGeeks.tv, SubspaceCommunique.com, their podcast, Life After Trek, the Solus Minions of Orthodoxy at SolusMinions.Libson.com, Into the Batcave with me and Brian at IntoThe.Libson.com. Uh, special thanks goes to Karen for being our web presence. Check out what she's doing with Chris Mitchell on the Geek Fights Tumblr. And, of course, Mr. Jared Formby for the pimped-out intros he creates. You can read his blog, Hey Star Trek, at HeyStarTrek.net. I'd also like to thank our guests for joining us. Does anybody have anything they'd like to plug? Uh, Anthony. I would just like to invite the listeners of Geek Fights to, uh, if you would so choose, write a Damon slash fiction with Adolf Hitler and send it to the Geek Fights email address, and maybe I'll read it on the next episode I'm on. I am so glad you didn't say Damon Jesus slash fiction. <laughs> Almost did, but decided to change it to Hitler. Uh, it should be Jesus. It'll be fine. Um, uh, Alan. Oh, I have got a whole bag of bullshit I want to plug. First of all, if you guys would like your uh, would like to write into Alan's Geek Fights mailbag and have me read your fabulous letter talking about how incredibly handsome and incredibly talented I am, you can write that letter to geekfights at gmail.com. That's geekfights at gmail.com, and please put uh, Alan's Geek Fights mailbag or mailbag in the subject line to everyone a favor there. Besides that, uh, I'd also like to give a very special shout-out to Mr. Paul Frindle, uh, designer of the Sonux plugins, and also my new favorite plugin, the DSM. And actually, those were both uh, Sonix and the DSM were referred to me by a very talented young gentleman named Dave Collins, from Dave Collins Mastering. Uh, also, uh, I would like to say uh, a very special hello to all my brethren at Sequence Jiu-Jitsu in Norco, California at BJJTraining.com and also the unholy, incredibly talented, unstoppable Judo Force at Bunasawa Kai in Costa Mesa, California. That's BunasawaKai.com. And besides that, I'd also like to give a huge thumbs up to Country Club Malt Liquor, and I will see all you motherfuckers at C2E2 in just a couple of months. Rock and roll and Greg. Uh, thanks. Inappropriate Conversations is a Podbean site, so the website there is inappropriateconversations.podbean.com. It's also on iTunes. You can find it there in the politics section, although uh, in the interest of full disclosure, there's just as much about religion and popular culture going on all at the same time. Thank you very much, Mike. Uh, despite us having picked Jesus as the best historical figure, uh, you can probably find us in hell uh, for managing to be just as blasphemous as we were praiseworthy. Uh, in the meantime, though, you can find me uh, on the Zod Complex and the Weekend Geek, uh, and you can find us at geekfights.net. 
Don't forget to rate and review us on iTunes and the Zoom Network or like us on Facebook. If you'd like to be on the panel, just contact us at geekfights at gmail.com or at geekfights on Twitter. That's all it takes to join the Legion of Geeks. Our upcoming fights are next week is best stand-up comedian. It's It changed a bit. Uh, and then after that is best of James Bond. Rock and roll. Any and all ideas are welcome. Thanks again for listening. Until next time. Keep fighting the geek fight. Good night. Understand why you let the things you did get so out of hand. You'd have managed better if you'd had it planned. No, why'd you choose such a backward time in such a strange land? If you'd come today, you could have reached the whole nation. Israel in for BC had no mass communication. Don't you get me wrong? Don't you get me wrong? Why did you put him on the list? Because he deserves to be on the list. No, you could have left him off the list. You're the only person that put religion on the list. Yeah, so? <laughs> Doesn't mean I wanted it to win. Well, you put it on the list. If you left <laughs> it off the list, it wouldn't have won. nobody else put any religious stuff on. You were the last person. I was the last. Yeah, you were. No, Anthony's came in after mine. Oh, that's right. Anthony did come in after yours, but he wouldn't have put Jesus on the list. No. You put three religious figures, yeah. right? Jesus, Buddha, and Confucius. Yeah. Douche. I felt the spiritual side of our show was not being represented. Well, it won. <laughs> <laughs> I hate you. Yeah, I don't, I don't really care. It's just one of those, like, God damn it. You sons of bitches. <laughs> <laughs> oh Jesus! Yeah, Jesus won wins something on our show. You know what that means? What that means? He's in uh, 
best of geek fights. <laughs> oh, Jesus is in best geek fight. That's pretty funny. <laughs> he sneaks in at the end. Yep, Jesus. <laughs> He's going to get crucified. <laughs> Uh, I would be all fucked up.